Navarna and Matthew Duke as they discuss the history and mystery of Eternia and Etheria, diving deep into all incarnations of Masters of the Universe. Hey, hey, you know who's back? It's the Legends of Grayskull Podcast. Now that you know, let's go get ready for the show. It's the Legends of Grayskull Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 103 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theory, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, All Adventures, Ladybird, UK, Annals, Comics, Mini Comics, anything and everything you can think of with that He-Man, She-Ra, Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, that Mattel logo down in the corner. I'm Matthew Duch, here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing today? Can't complain. I'm happy. It's the weekend. And the best part is we have a special guest on this episode. We do. Joining us right below, right below Sean, right below me, we have the one, the only, Mr. Skelly Vader of Toy Frenzy. I'm excited to be here. That song, that song (laughs) kicks my ass every single time. (laughs) Jeremy Witt is a genius, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you see us every time we play that thing, we're bouncing along with it. It gets us pumped mm-hmm. to do the intro. <laughs> and also the intro, every time I've been listening to this podcast for a very long time now. And every time uh, the douche does that intro, <laughs> I'm like, is is he going to have a stroke this time? <laughs> gonna it through? But he does it and it's so good and proof uh that it's memorized you know seeing it mm-hmm. live right now watching you do it yep. you know i was watching your eyes you're you got that thing in your head so yeah it, it has I, th- I think i wrote a preliminary one down like before our first episode but basically since then it has just been off the cuff for That's better or for worse well mm-hmm. i it was if it was me uh i would still have to read it um even <laughs> after 100 something episodes yeah 103 <laughs> plus kind of, <laughs> yeah. 103 officially that's why i said um, something so yeah. and that that's something too like we got we got to appreciate you for a minute skelly because i feel like you've been here the whole way like, I don't remember a time with us doing this podcast where you weren't dropping a comment or throwing something out there or whatever. Like, this is how we know each other. We threw this mm-hmm. podcast out yeah. into the void and Skelly rose up and was like, yo, guys. Uh, the timing was perfect. I think, uh, you know, I was in hiding, essentially. And then I discovered you guys and, um, and, and podcasters of the universe around the same time. And um, I felt like, wow, it's like uh, a real, you know, along with the Facebook groups and stuff like that, I felt like suddenly this is like a real thing. I could come out, I could come out of the, uh, the cave and, and, uh, and embrace yep. this, this obsession in public. So you and guys know that. And we talk about that all the time. I mean, I know I was there. I talk about all the time, like coming out of the geek closet, like, yeah. there were, you know, there were just stuff. I didn't talk about in my personal life or I didn't let, you know, I never posted outside of a private group for years, you know, just because I didn't want those two sides bleeding together. Um, But I feel a lot better breaking it down and getting out there. 
And, uh, you know, you're just taking the world by storm. You've got Toy Frenzy. You've got Weekly Weirdo. You've got uh, Cambridge and Wishon. Wishon? Cambridge and Wishon. Yeah. So you're just, you're taking the, not only did you come up and say, hey, guys, you're like, I'm going to do this too. And you're, you're everywhere now. And everywhere I look, I see Skelly, which is a good well, thing. That's, that's nice to hear. I feel like, um, I feel like in the community, even though I, I'm, I'm, engaged a lot with stuff happening on my channel i feel like um there are certainly more people out there that are like you know you know hitting the road you know strong and being on all the shows and um the, the truth the, the not truth, really the truth is it's like you know you guys know what this is like you're both parents it's mm -hmm. like it's it's exciting to be part of this community but this is you know after all these years of 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 um my you know social life being out there in the world I, it's like i don't have to go anywhere now it's really great i, I got a bunch of friends here and um and uh it's nice i don't have to leave the family and i get to nerd out and make mm -hmm. stuff in the yard when i'm not at my job and people actually care which is like super this is something i want to say why is it Matt, that you and I just said the same thing, which is we were afraid to come out of the geek closet. Like, what kind of world do we live in where we're terrified of like of sharing this this exciting? Uh, well, because that, that's that's how it was growing up. Yeah, you know, like these kids nowadays. I, I tell my wife all the time. I told Sean before, like these kid, my kids, this new generation, they they don't understand. Yeah. Like they might have kids that make fun of them or whatever, but like middle school, high school, you want to talk about reading comics and yeah. collecting action figures and watching cartoons still. Like if you and I were into like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh right. in the in the 80s, uh, we would have get we, we would have been tripped walking down the side That's what I'm saying like it's it's, it's a different world that's true it's it's the survival i mean we yeah. learned in school that like you yeah. segmented this yeah i mean my close friends were always like like you guys like that my my core group of friends i could talk about this stuff yes we nerded yeah. out with for sure but it's just that survival instinct and then you're going into the workforce you know which is kind of evening up now but, you know, you're entering the workforce and most of those guys, your bosses and stuff, they're your parents' generation. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you know, that's even more, you know, my dad still doesn't understand this. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Why I collect or, any, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, they're not. It's, it's not unsupportive of it, but it's just they, they don't get it. Yeah. So then you go into workforce and you're hitting all these guys like that and everything else. And it just. It's that survival instinct. Yeah. Like it's just it's easier to just have your two personas. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now I don't care anymore. Now I'm getting to the age where I'm just like, okay, like make fun of me. Like that's oh, yeah. like that's the worst thing in the world, you know. The, we're 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 getting closer to we're as we get older, uh, we just don't care. And that's the way it should be. Like, you know, who's gonna judge me now? Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I just, I am appreciative that I'm seeing it with my kids and everything. Like it's just, it's a whole different world. There's, it, there's a lot more acceptance all yeah. around, and people can just be who they are. Um, so that's pretty cool. Like, 
and I'm not, I, I get that like bullying and stuff like that still exists, and yeah. you know, ways, so. but I mean, it, it it's not like what we had to go through. Yeah, it's, you it's know. different. It was this, you know, it's terrible. Bullying now is terrifying, you know, because it's so easy to do without being a being present. It's easy to do on social media. But people mm -hmm. bully for people bully mostly now. At least my, my wife teaches elementary school, so you know it's my perception that people bully now mainly just uh, the way people look and personality yeah. traits and lifestyle choices and um, you know th and th those are the things that really that's like I don't know how to say it, but I guess it's like um, core bullying. What people bullied me for was like interests and yeah. dressing weird and uh you know that's like that's like frosting on the cake bullying that's like mm -hmm. that it's like decorative bullying it's like mm -hmm. likes comic books so i'm gonna call him a yeah. nerd and but do it in a mean way and, you know uh, but so it's, I, it's almost a more terrifying world when it comes to bullying now because they can do it uh, it's definitely changed it's it's more it's more emotional now it's more it's more psychological you get yeah. more of that kind of stuff whereas no you you cross the wrong kid in my school and you, you know you go the wrong way home from school and you are literally getting your ass kicked. yeah yeah like, that's yeah you know yep it, it was a lot more physical back then yeah know? physical bullying versus physical and verbal of course yeah. we didn't have social media so it's like you know. mm -hmm. Different. I, I thank God for that. So yeah, me too, man. That was as much awesome. as I love it. I I would I would have not handled it well at a younger age. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> now's the right time, though. That's right. Sean, you're awfully quiet over there. How you doing? Sounds <laughs> like Sean's thinking right now. This got heavy real fast. No, no. Like this I, is our I, second episode in a row that we got heavy all of a sudden out of nowhere. <laughs> you know. Like, like it, it was funny like growing up jesse and i were kind of glued at the hip for yeah. like a lot of our elementary and high and middle school years high school he ended up going to the um competing the competitor high school from what i went to because that was like that's where his family had graduated all of his brothers and his sister so he's like i want to go there instead so it was like middle school he and i were targets for bullies a lot and I was usually the one, like, if I saw him with a comic book, be like, hide it. You know, they, you don't give him any more ammunition today, you know. <laughs> and, like, I had I had really curly, thick, dark hair, and I had dandruff. So there was people that were giving me crap just based on physical. Uh -huh. And then there were people that knew, oh, Sean and Jesse would play Ninja Turtles at recess in fourth and fifth grade. So they're going to be the dorks, and they're going to be this. And it's, I, I don't know, I, I got... I kind of got my revenge though, like in seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, by I would come into school and I'd have this like superhero artwork I would do, and people would be like, "How did you do that?" And I'm like, "Cause I like art and I read comics and I'm using my comics to help me learn how to draw." And suddenly it wasn't all that nerdy anymore. Suddenly people are like, "Oh, so that you know, it, like it fosters talent if you do it the right way." Yeah. And, you use it to influence yourself and stuff. Yep. But yeah, like middle school for me was my hell years. I agree with that. I was that, just thinking that actually middle school was the worst. Yeah. Middle uh, sixth, sixth and seventh grade for me were 
I'd say probably more sixth than anything. Sixth on the bus was my absolute hell. Because there were people behind me that loved to like kick the seat, put stuff mm -hmm. in my hair, all that kind of crap. And seventh grade, eighth grade, I grew out of it because the people that were giving me crap went to high school and probably got their asses kicked. As <laughs> yeah. And that's I, I, I heard about that. The guy that was bullying me, and he was the one that was like the mastermind behind it. So the kid, he was sitting with me on in the bus seat, and he'd have the kids behind us be the ones doing stuff to me uh, behind my back. In seventh grade, he went to uh, he went to high school as a freshman. And somebody at one point said, hey, by the way, I heard he got his ass kicked by a group of seniors last week. And I, I remember just sitting there going, really? <laughs> okay. You know, so it was that whole you know, karma. And I tried my best not to give too many people crap because I knew I didn't like how it felt. So You said it when you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head when you said you started to like bring your notebooks to school and people noticing that, you know, that doesn't, you know, that that starts to happen you know, in high school, we begin to like uh, become ourselves and, and it's, it's strange. Uh, middle school is always the hardest. Yes. In, in high school, I felt more confident to be like, this is, this, is, this is the art that I make. This is the stuff that I do. These are my interests. And, you know, just like um, I started, you know, I started getting into music that made me feel empowered. And I'd just be like, you know, F you if, you're, yeah. you, know, if, you're, if you don't like it. And uh, then I'd be like, look at this thing that I made and not like, not in that shitty way, but right. you know, I felt confident that the things that I could make and, and um, put out into the world might, and they did uh, uh, help me garner some respect. And, um, but yeah, you got, you guys said it, the middle school years were the, were the worst. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the best, the best project that we had to do when I was in middle school, I, we had Latin. And if I remember right, it was seventh grade. We have Latin and uh, obviously a dead language, but they wanted us to start that as like our beginning of foreign languages. So you see the roots of all these other languages. And cool. I mean, from there it went into, you know, French, Spanish, German, and, and now English and everything else. Languages. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I am so lucky I can't even speak English. I'm amazed half the time I'm even on shows for the reason uh, of <laughs> my linguistic skills but um the the teacher at the end of the year had us do this project where we were to draw all of the greek gods and i remember when she when she uh, gave us the project i just kind of sat there with a, a smile from ear to ear going this is gonna be good so then i i ended up i went home and i found some reference material from like comic books so i had like here's this really cool aquaman like he's swimming in the ocean well that was my neptune here's go. zeus you know and i i drew him as like one of the x-men well like a pose from the x-men books but it was zeus and all this stuff and and like i brought it in and the teacher was like a plus and every kid there goes holy shit and i'm like yeah, yeah. and one of the guys actually he couldn't get one of his done. He goes, hey, can you draw me this guy at least? And it's like, all of a sudden, you're like, I'm in demand because I can do this and you can't suck it. You know, like, you have that feeling after a little bit. It's like, it's like I'm a dork, but I can help you now. Ah, look at that. You know? and yeah. that, was, that was a really awesome assignment because everybody just got overwhelmed with that, uh, the artistic stuff. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I love that.
I have a, I mean, I have no artistic ability as all of you know, but I had a kind of similar moment in high school where uh, in high school, I got big into drama. So, and behind the scene acting and behind the scenes and everything. Cool. But so one of our big assignments for in 10th grade or 11th grade English was um, recite a monologue from Julius Caesar. Yeah. And, you know, the teacher, the teacher kept saying, you know, like, hey, you know, this is a big assignment. You need to, you know, he's like, he's like, you know, we had like a month to prepare for. He's like, don't wait till the night before. Don't put it off. Like, start practicing now. So I took that as a challenge. And I literally waited until the night before <laughs> to even look at it. And uh, sure. And so then the night I looked at the night before, read over it, blah, blah, blah. I think I looked at it in the morning again and then went to class that day. He was looking for volunteers to go first. I raised my hand. I went first, knocked it out right there. Um, yep. And I, I did. I let him know after. He was a really cool English teacher. We got along. I let him know after class. I just so you know, I, I started reading that the night last night. So, <laughs> I got like, okay, quick... you're the exception to the rule. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got one quick story about something similar. Actually, high school. I was in junior year. We were reading To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. and I had. I also that year had um, a theater arts class. So. Uh, it was making me feel more comfortable to get in front of people. And it was easier if I could do something where I'm not myself being in front of people, because then I can blame it on the character I am or whatever. And the teacher that day, like they basically do, okay, uh, you need to read this part. You need to read this part, whatever. When we were reading these uh, sections and she, she let me be Atticus Fence and ended up being, the scene where it's in the courtroom mm-hmm. and and he's he's there. Um, uh, what was his name? I can't remember his Gregory name. Peck. No, no, uh, the oh. the the man that he's uh, the one on trial. Oh, I, I the one on trial. There. Yeah, it oh. wasn't Boo Radley because Boo Radley was the guy with the yeah. yeah, no, he was the albino. I can't remember the name of that character either. But but he it, it's the big scene where he's up there and he's trying yeah. to defend his client and everything. And when it got to when when we were doing this part, I, I actually raised my hand and I'm like, "Do you mind if I stand up to do this part? Because I'm taking a theater arts class and I'm a little more comfortable. Is that okay?" She goes, "You can do it however you want." And then it, it ended up being my buddy who also was in theater arts and, and a friend of mine. His name was Andrew. He also was comfortable with that, so he was the the lawyer for the prosecution or whatever. So then he goes, "Can I?" Can I get in there with Sean too? And so like I ended up doing the whole thing where I'm walking in front of the class and I'm acting like I have <laughs> and I'm I and I'm I'm saying it as best of a Gregory Peck voice as I can do and, and really getting into this role. And there's parts where it says, and then the prosecutor objected, and Andrew just he just jumps out of seat. I object to the teacher's <laughs> like Andrew, if it isn't written in it that he said that, it's saying narratively he said it. <laughs> this dialogue, you can't start ad libbing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is a legit, like this is an all American, you know, American perfect novel. That we're not adding dialogue to this. But I, I did this whole thing, and he and I did our whole thing. Like it, we were in a courtroom, 
And what killed me was at the end of the class, when we were leaving, there were like at least four or five kids that came up and they go, Hey, are you going to do that again tomorrow? And I'm <laughs> like, I don't know if the teacher says we're, we're allowed to, I'd, I'd be happy to. And they're like, that was the first time I paid attention in class all year. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> it, was, awesome. it was really, that, that, that was a huge ego booster for me. Cause I thought it was just going to end up being stupid. And it was like, Oh no, that it actually made people pay attention. How crazy is that? But I loved it when he's like, I object. And the teacher's like, overruled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for those screaming at their podcast at home, uh, Tom Robinson was the defendant. Tom Robinson. There we go, Tom Robinson. Thank so, you. I, I can't leave that kind of stuff dangling. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Uh, it is the way. So, Skelly, let's, let's dive into you a little bit here. So let's jump back. We got a little bit of high school, middle school there. Let's jump back. Um, what was your first memory of Masters of the Universe? You know, how did you get into the line? There's an there's an integral moment um, where I walked into Toys R Us and saw a wall of Masters of the Universe figures, um, and saw Trap Jaw, and I was I had an allowance, yep, and yep. I and I. And I, I didn't see any of the other characters. Um, I remember that moment so distinctly. I mean, if you've ever been to a Toys R Us, you know what a Toys R Us smells like. It has a very particular yeah. Yeah. And so I associate, there's a lot of very strong memories about that moment. That's not the first time I ran into Masters because, you yeah. know, I saw, those, I saw the toys at my friends' houses because uh, and I really wanted Skeletor and Beast Man, um, and I wanted He Man too, just because, right? Right, um, right. Yeah, I was really drawn to Skeletor and Beast Man, uh, but I didn't have the opportunity or even know what it was called, what these were called, until right. until I walked into the store and I saw that trap job. Then I started to see the filmation cartoon at babysitters' houses. And it just like blossomed from there. I'm talking about it as if it was a, over a span of time. I'm pretty confident it was probably just like within a few months yeah. or within a month or something like that. It felt like that back then. Oh, it felt forever. so long. Like, it oh was my. epic. And every, and every time you, you know, every moment with yeah. that toy line or with other toy lines that I've been interested in always felt like I was waiting. Mm -hmm. Like I was anticipating and waiting and anticipating and waiting and then getting to play with them. And th those, those hours of play felt like days. And yep. um, that's mm -hmm. not, I guess I'm going off on a tangent, but the, the, uh, the, that integral moment was walking in that Toys R Us, seeing that trap jaw and thinking that that trumped all the other figures, even though I, I yeah. was impressed by Skeletor and Beastman. Um, now what, not trying to date you or anything, but like what what kind of what kind of year are we are we thinking here? If you can even recall, I've, I know it's kind of murky back. I've said back. I've said eighty three um, okay. in the past, and I'm fairly confident it's eighty three or late eighty two. Makes um, sense. I mean, filmation's out around that yeah, time. Filmation's so it's out. Gotta be around eighty three. I'm pretty confident it was eight yeah. early eighty three, and then I then you know. Uh, I was I was uh, fortunate enough that um, I had um, I was able to get some of the figures like at birthdays and things like that. But 
Um, yeah, so I believe, you know, I, I could probably say 82, but I, that might make me cooler than I really am. I, I think it was 83. <laughs> it was 83 and, um, you know, I was really distracted by, uh, um, you know, monsters and, you know, the universal monsters and King Kong, especially, and yep. Superman was really cool to me. And Star Wars was bitching. I mean, I, I <laughs> Star Wars. I was like, I had, you know, I already had some of those toys and, um, and the Hulk was cool. I was already interested in all these things, but, um, and, but it was the, uh, it was that trap jaw was my, my Motu moment. Nice. Nice. It's, it's so funny because trap jaw is still is one of my favorites, but it's, it's all about Beastman and Skeletor. It's like they're ingrained in my, like those were the, the figures I couldn't find. And so therefore mm -hmm. I became more like um, yeah. more involved with appreciating them from a distance, I guess. Um, and so they, they're really kind of my, my two favorites. And that's, and that's, uh, you know, another thing, you know, going back to when we were kids, like everything felt like it took longer because a lot of it really did. Like you, you had to wait, you had to wait for mom to take you to the store. Yes. You know, yeah. you know, you were, you were fancy over there with your Toys R Us. Like when I was growing up, our nearest <laughs> Toys R Us was like an hour and a half away. Well, let me, let me, like, let me follow that up with the nearest Toys R Us to where I lived was 45 minutes away. Okay. But I was fortunate that my, this is going to sound really sick. Uh, <laughs> I was fortunate that my parents were divorced because my dad lived in the city. My mom lived in the mountains. I, I lived with my mom in the mountains primarily. Yeah. And so the city, the big city was always, a, a, always far away, but, but I would go visit my dad every other weekend. And yeah. that's when I would get to like, you know, it was like yeah. going to another world. It was. Well, that's how it was for me. Cause like I got to, to go to Toys R Us once a year after my birthday. On my birthday, I would get my birthday money. And then like a week or so later, my mom would take me go, go shopping down this city and go to the Toys R Us and I could I could spend my birthday money. That's so, so cool. That really creates a really uh Yeah, it, it's it's a good memory. Yeah, it's this milestone but growing yeah. up, but it's like but like that that's how it was. You know, my kids nowadays will hop on their freaking i the iPad and look on Amazon like, oh here here, you know, here's this thing like you know, and it's... never remember the smell of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They might remember. Well, they might attach those memories to like the smell of your living room or your yeah. previous house living room or something like that, right? They'll attach those yeah. memories. Right. That's true. So, but yeah, it's not the. I guess it is. It's it's not the same for sure. It's it, it's just it's different nowadays. I mean, I brought up last episode me and Sean like that CGI uh, He Man from the Masterverse line. If it wasn't for the internet, I would just not have that big. Yeah, I never found it anywhere. Yeah. Like, and that that just that doesn't happen anymore. You yeah. know, you're saying you're attracted to Skeletor and Beastman because you know when you say you couldn't find them, it's like no. Once we passed a certain point, you just didn't find them. Yeah, like there right. wasn't there wasn't a round two. There wasn't you know you know somewhere yeah. uh, somewhere else to go. You had your stores and you went to them, and whatever was there was there. I had a, a, a friend, I'm going to, I'm going to name him Aaron. Okay. He had, he had all of them. Like yeah. he, had, he had everything that had come out before. And, uh, and 
Aaron, he had such a cool collection. I mean, he had like superpowers. He had, yeah. you know, Star Wars. He had Masters of the Universe. He, he was a great kid. Uh, and we were friends. And I was lucky I'd go over to his house. He lived by the school I went to. So I'd go over there and play with his toys. And, and I would just uh, zone in on that beast man and that Skeletor. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, it was my chance. It was my chance to play with those characters. I love it. I love it. So then you grew up, went to middle school, high school. We covered that. Um, did you stick around with Masters or was it a, you know, uh, like you fell off completely and then you came back or? That's a good. Uh, so it's funny because I, I, they were always in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Masters of the Universe was always in the back of my mind. I was more interested in playing in punk bands and, you know, uh, interested in girls and stuff. And um, as you do in high school and trying to figure out who I was. Yep. But by the time I was old enough to start like throwing parties, guess what I was doing? I was trying to like find VHS copies of Masters yeah. of Universe cartoons to put them on and like be like, dudes, do you remember this? You know, and um, yeah. and then I would and, and I had and I, this was back before this, you know, way before 2000 X. So all you, all you could do was find, you know, taped copies or something from a thrift store. Yep. And, um, and so I would, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that one of the, one of the, an important moment, I guess, was when I suddenly re looked, you know, looked outside of my, my teenage shell and realized that um, my mom had given away all my toys. Oh, and I was like, oh. and so I, I, cause it was like, it was one of those moments that I think it was like late teens. I was like, went back home and I was like, you know, I, and I was starting to think about masters again. And I was like, Hey, whatever happened to that stuff? And she's like, Oh, I gave it to my students. And, um, to this day, when I go to a, when I go to any like antique stores or yep. toy, toy store, secondhand toy stores in, in the town near where those students lived. Um, I, I always think that that thing that I bought was that thing, my thing, you know? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, it was always in the, in the periphery. I was always interested in it. Uh, it wasn't until 2000, the, until the early two thousands when mm -hmm. the commemorative figures started to show up on the shelves. Um, and, uh, you know, star, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, star Wars is coming back in. Yep into my world and I'm starting to go to toy stores. I have my license, you know, the commemorative toys are showing up at Toys R Us. And then 2000, Mike Young Productions, 2000 X series yep, yep. comes out. And I'm like, holy shit, this is like, um, it's like, uh, it's, it's big. Like right. my connection to this is bigger than I thought it was. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, that's how no, I can it does. It's kind of funny to think about it. You know, we talk, you, you hit it early. Everything seems to take longer. Yeah. I mean, you, if you really think about it, <laughs> He-Man was only gone for about 10 years. Yeah. Between, <laughs> if, you, if you count up the new adventures, yeah, like He-Man was gone for 10 years from, you know, 1990 to 2000 when they started releasing the commemorative and then rolling into Mike Young. 
Yeah. Um, and it's now been 20 years since Mike Young premiered. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, and came <laughs> new adventures like they I saw those on the shelves and I was like, yep. like that is not I'm way too cool for that. <laughs> it's not my He-Man. It's not my Skeletor. These are weird. You know, yep. what, are, what are what is this? What happened to this? It's, you know, and then now, you know, now as an adult, I'm like, holy shit, those villains are amazing. Those are, those are really cool, weird, weird dudes. Um, but yeah. the cartoon, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I still can't, <laughs> I still can't enjoy the cartoon. I have tried many, many times. I've still got, I've, I've got to make up my must watch list still. Yeah. We've been talking about that a lot lately. It's come up from a lot of different people we've talked to. Yeah. And I've got, I've got to, I've got to pin it down because there is, there's a good core nugget of episodes in there. Yeah. Um, and there's some cool stuff that they do continuity wise and everything, but there is Drek in there as well. Like, yeah. I got to just dedicate a weekend and just make it a new adventures weekend and just plow through all those episodes. Yeah. Maybe when I'm retired and it's, it's available on <laughs> is it Peacock. I think Peacock's got new adventures. Yeah. I, I um, grab them off of YouTube every once in a while. Episode here, episode there. I find them on there. Yeah, YouTube's there too. Or yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. Um, and actually, since we're talking about it, uh, the Mike Young production series is now available to stream on Amazon prime. Ooh, that, that news came out. That's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Uh, from what I, I haven't gone and looked myself, but from what I'm hearing, the whole, the both seasons are on there. So the whole 39 episodes. And so. I know you guys love Mike Young Productions show, uh, but I, uh, it, it's interesting. My whole, like the early 2000s, um, I could I can remember those the feeling of watching those episodes and 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 going through this like really like huge transition in my life. I moved out to moved from California to New York. Like I was like I'm gonna do this and live out there. And I was working at this hotel and I'd go in and get there at 5 a.m. to get things yes. set up at this job. And there I would turn the TV on there in the gym and they and I could watch Mike Young Productions. Yep. He man, and I so I have these these really important memories attached to that series too. Um, developmental, like it was there during a very developmental time for me. Um, no, no, I completely agree. It's it's great. I mean that that was literally when I was graduating high school. Yeah, was when Mike Young was coming out. So it's kind of the same thing you get. You know, I mean I remember He Man from birth. You know, yeah. So. But it, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how it kind of came back around and has followed us through to this day. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big cornerstone of everything we do. Obviously, on Legends of Grayskull, but I think even with you and Toy Frenzy and Weekly Weirdo and you know, it's it's strong yeah. there. I mean, I didn't, I didn't make a uh, my first build wasn't uh, you know Death Star, right? Well, I think about that. Like my first build was Grayskull. It's because Grayskull is it. Like for yep. some reason, like when I think about, you know, our show is called Toy Frenzy, with the understanding that we could talk about other toys, but what do we always talk about, Sean? You know, it's, like, it's always, it's always <laughs> back to masters. Yeah, it, it, like even when we veer from it, 
we always managed to come back within the same episode half the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Um, every episode is a variation of itself, essentially. Kind of like what you guys do here, but that's what it's like what we love. That's yeah. what we love. And luckily, um, you just got lucky and your mom named you after what would be two of your favorite properties. So <laughs> yes. that was, my mom, she just had this inkling. She had this inkling. So, oh. yeah, that, that worked out very fortuitously. <laughs> that's making that's me laugh. Your mom doing that. I'll name him Skelly. Skelly and then you just hear Peter. <laughs> from the blanket <laughs> emerging. Yeah, that's uh, that's um, <laughs> it's the Family Guy episode where Peter's in the I think it's a nursing home and he's trying to come up with a fake name, and so he sees a P. And then a t someone's crying, so he's like, P, tear, and then a griffin flies by, and he's like, Peter Griffin, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. That oh, one was good. Uh, so I'll throw, I'm going to throw this out here at you guys right quick here. Uh, obviously, toy, coming up toy frenzy that you're in now and everything else, like, you are a big modern master's collector. But much more so than Sean and I, even because I mean, I, I love my Masterverse. I've got some origins. Sean, I think, is pretty much out on both lines. But I know you're like in on it all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'll, you know, and part of that is that I missed the boat on classics. Um, I got a couple, you know, I got a few classics when I could get a good deal. Yeah. I totally missed the boat on that. I was like, uh, you know, uh, my life was like, you know, I was working job to job and I just couldn't, couldn't commit. Um, I yep. knew it was happening, but I, but I didn't, I couldn't commit and I didn't, I, I was not in a place where I could. It was um, a lot back then. It, it was when, a lot. Now, when it started, I mean, the market caught up to them eventually, yeah. but man, when it started, I remember it 25 bucks plus yeah. shipping for yeah. one figure. And there's a figure every month. You want me to drop 25 bucks a month? To get no. one a figure each month, you're out of your minds. Like, yeah, it just it seems so it seems so insane in 2008 to be like, oh, you're well, the, I like I like I like I love classics from a distance. Uh, yeah. I have some of the Club Grey School filmation figures, and I love them. You know, um, I uh, I like Origins because it hits me, and then it hits that nostalgia button for me. Sure. Um, I like Masterverse because I feel I'm able to get. I, well, also I don't like all Masterverse, by the way, because I, I I feel like I can't get on board with some of the some of the figures that have come out. But the new Eternia ones are just phenomenal. They've, they've gotten they've just gotten spectacular. They didn't start out so great, but they're they're spectacular. Um, uh, but really, it comes down to when I got back into collecting toys when I had a real job, started mm -hmm. getting back into collecting toys. It was all about the vintage line. So my, my focus was getting vintage figures um, yep. because I could get them at an affordable price, but also because I wanted to have that feeling again. Um, my wife bought me Moss Man in classics and Clawful in classics, and that made me so happy. Nice. You know, you know. But uh, I was really spending my, my 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 toy money on getting the vintage stuff. But so Origins and Masterverse. Um, I think Origins is great because it it um, it maintains the wonkiness. 
of the vintage ones. And so that's something that always attracted me to the vintage figures is was that they were they were not perfect. They were not they were in you know looking at it as an 80s kid looking at these figures they were weird and they were they were they were awkward looking and they couldn't stand up most of the time and you know and they were top heavy and oh, yeah. right? their paint the paint applications were, were off often and uh, or sometimes different and and so origins origins i feel like that the chance for imperfection makes me happy about origins it brings me back to that feeling I would have with the vintage figures. Um, uh, but nothing tops a vintage line, in my opinion. Uh, they're just, it's, they're looking back on them, even with the wonkiness and the imperfections, they are artworks, they are spectacular. Um, and I know that some people feel that way. I feel that way from a distance about classics. And I know you guys feel that way about classics. Um, and you're very lucky dudes to, to have a lot of them there. Yeah. <laughs> Matt just looked. For those of you just listening to this as a podcast, <laughs> I did lovingly look to his left. <laughs> well, let me throw it out to you guys here. So let's start with, or eh, we can throw them both out. So Origins and Masterverse. I want a character for each one get, uh, that you cannot believe has not been made yet. Mm. One for Origins, one for Masterverse. Wants to run it off first. Well, uh, Sean, are you ready for this, or should I jump in? Go, go, Skelly. You got okay. it. Too bad. Yes, for, yes or, first. Uh, uh, too bad origins. Uh, the, there's not a too bad in origins yet. It drives me crazy, and that's so weird. And it's so weird that I know I shouldn't be. I'm adding another one, but it's so weird that it's taken them this long to to throw out a moss man. Um, yeah. But yeah, too bad for sure with with um, origins. Um, and so let me I'll pause there and I'll come back with my masterverse. Sean, how about you? Um, I was going to go with Modulock for the fact no, that the pop and swap aspect of that line. Why? Why is this taking them that long to get to him? I mean, they already started with Horde members, if I remember right. They got so it's almost easy. I think they have all the toy, the all vintage the, toys, except for Modulock. If I yeah, so and it's like you know, as a pop and swap and all that, it just yeah, uh, easy, easy go to. Yeah, uh, you'll probably say it's a little bit left field, but it's my backup because Too Bad was my original. <laughs> but uh, Catra, oh, like they released Shira as Wave Two. Yeah. Fans have been clamoring for a vintage toy homage Catra since classics. Yeah. How have you not Masters. released a Catra yet? Yeah, they've done it in Masterverse. How come there's not a Catra yeah. in, in uh, mm -hmm. same thing with Bad, right? They did that in Masterverse, but why is yeah. it yep. in same thing with Catra? Exactly. Yeah. All right, Masterverse, what you got, Skelly? Masterverse, I don't know why they haven't jumped in to full horde yet uh like so mantana and leech they've already been featured on box art so yeah. i am surprised they haven't released uh mantana i'm just gonna say mantana i'd like to see leech too but they've already showed the same thing with too bad with origins they've, we've already seen it a lot in the box art mm -hmm. we've seen leech and and um and mantana on box art uh 
for the Masterverse, so I'm surprised they haven't done that. And yet. they love releasing those deluxe figures, the oversized figures in yeah. the Masterverse. Like they're yeah. on every wave. Well, imagine what I mean. I keep thinking about the possibilities for Leech or Mantena as deluxe figures because um, I, I could see Leech being a hulking, swamp yep. thing like, you know, version of Leech. Like I've always wanted to see him be huge and and menacing. Um, yeah, if you release them under the new Eternia banner for Masterverse, like yeah. then you, then you can dig into some of that that cross cell art where he's a he's even more weird yes. and the big fingers. He's got do the detachable mind control bat that was the early gimmick yeah. that they scrapped. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yep. Sean, your Masterverse. I'm gonna go with, and this is just a fan favorite for me. It's uh, Wondar. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's been everywhere else. Like he's he's been in Origins. He's been in Classics, and he was in the original line. But no Masterverse. And and the part that gets me is they when uh, Revelation came out, they did do King He Man, mm -hmm. and they didn't do any of they didn't do Vicor, they didn't do. Wandar, but King He-Man's there, so King I kind of would think that would be an easy win right there. Just make all three of them. They did so. King Grayskull, not King He-Man. Would King you Grayskull? Yeah. Would you Sorry. Rather, <laughs> would you welcome. rather have a a Revelation Wandar or like a New Eternia Wandar, um, or uh, or just a a Wandar that? Okay, so I'm gonna jump to the jump to this. I'm taking yeah. a long time to get there. The Faker head. The faker head for the new Eternia faker is yeah. a phenomenal sculpt. Yes, I yep. see Wondar with that head sculpt. Um, so, would you would you rather have a Revelation Wondar or like a new Eternia Wondar? At this point, probably new Eternia because the Revelation version was a bulky guy on yeah. the cartoon, and I kind of dug that he had a more stocky frame compared to the other ones. So uh, since you're using the same buck all the time, a new attorney and one makes more sense yeah. to me. But yeah. that that uh, I agree completely. That faker, uh, yeah. that faker sculpt that they came out with, it's like they they need to give a normal He-Man one, one Dar one, and everything else out to anybody who bought them originally, so that they finally have a good version <laughs> for their figure. They should just yeah send ahead like mail. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, with, with the appropriate paint applications, that mm. is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we've got to be seeing that sooner rather than later on on some some form of He-Man. Like, <laughs> I like the uh, 40th anniversary He-Man and Skeletor that they came out with. Yeah, uh, but the head sculpt on He-Man is just like it's super weird. Um, it's and He-Man's always had a weird face. In fact, I love the vintage He-Man face. Um, the closest thing I feel like we've gotten to that is the the Origins He-Man, um, which is crazy. Uh, but like the, having that sort of scrunched up, you know, yeah. uh, not handsome at all face. No, he's not. He's, he, you know, handsome He-Man's always, I'm sorry, guys, Handsome He-Man has always bugged me. Even even in the Mike Young productions, Handsome He-Man, even the, in the filmation cartoon, Handsome He-Man, like it doesn't make sense. See, this guy's this guy's brutal. 
He's got to mm -hmm. look like he's got to look like he's been through the ringer. Um, so, so that's just my my opinion. Maybe that's why I've never been a maybe that's why I've never been a huge uh, He-Man fan is that yeah. maybe I've never felt like there's there like he's too pretty. Like maybe I've just felt like he's too like good looking um, for being who he is for being the hero he is. Same I have the same problem with Superman by the way. So uh, <laughs> that's all that. Uh, whenever I think the the correct answer is always New Eternia at this point because yes. yeah. they always seem to give you something you can still create a classic esque look if you want to, but like especially a character like Wondar who's been released how many times as just a repaint, like I'd like to see what they could do with him to mm. give him a little bit more diversity. And I yeah, don't yeah. know what that answer is, oh, yeah, for sure. but there's got to be something. If they do New Eternia, they, I have faith in them at this point, they will do something to set him apart. Um, yeah. Like they did that faker, you know, with his, his weapons and everything. Like, it's so easy to throw a faker out there, complete repaint, take the weapons, repaint them. But they're like, no, let's, you know, he is a robotic duplicate, so let's get him these robotic duplicate weapons as well. I love that. Like stuff yeah. like that. That's like, yeah. you know, you didn't have to do that, but it sets this guy apart from all the other versions. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. And yeah, for that, that reason, I want my Masterverse figure that I can't believe they haven't given me yet is Snout Spout. Oh, I want to yeah. see a new Eternia Snout Spout. I knew it. Super <laughs> posable, you know. And I'd love to see what they can do. I honestly, I think if I'm doing the snap spout, you get as close to that four horsemen staction design, yes, as you can. Really go with the robotics on it because we've got the classics, which emulates the vintage perfectly. We've got the origins, which you know it's got that filmation style head, yeah. and it has a action feature. Lean into the one thing we never got. And I have the staction over there, but I never got my fully posable one. So give me the big elephant guy in the armor, robotic, big ass tanks. Yep. Give me that new Eternia snout spout. How he's the hell have not done this yet? He's got to be deluxe and he's got to be bulky. He's got to yeah. have he's got to have weight to him, like the classics Ram Man or uh, the classics Tuscador. Yeah. Like he's got to mm -hmm. have. Even even the masterverse too bad. Like if he's that size, I oh, yeah. you know that'll for sure that'll do it for me. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'd love a snout spout in mm -hmm. New Eternia masterverse. That would be amazing. You listen to me, tell do it. <laughs> All right, now real quick here, let's go through again. But I want your your deep cut want your Coldar. You know your you know who's that who's that random guy that villager two in the background of the one scene uh for origins and masterverse um for origins and masterverse so i have to come up with two all right the clown uh the clown what's the clown's name <laughs> crackers thank you well wow, i don't know why i was crackers oh you didn't get that matt that's it crazy took a second i got there i got there oh you did it um I assist i i want to see uh, crackers in origins um okay. i think that would be hilarious just a con exclusive nothing that you know because yep. they're not going to sell a lot of them but that would be really really funny yeah, yeah um, mattel creations at best like 24 hours made to order 
Yeah, exactly. And because um, you, you know, there's only a, you know, there there are fans of filmation, and then there are fans of filmation. Yeah. And um, and that character, um, I picked him because I personally dislike him greatly. Uh, <laughs> part, of the, part of the joy of that, right? Sure. It's, yeah. It's like, such a weird. And he's kind of sleazy with his deep cut shirt and stuff, and it's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's a weird one. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Right, that's my origins pick. Yeah. All right, Sean. Who's your deep cut origins? For origins, optic. Okay. I I grew to love that figure through classics, and I'm I'm still not a hundred percent on the villains of new uh, new adventures of He Man. Oh, um, because they, I, I know, I know, uh, both of you have said, you know, they're the best part, but for me, it's like, they go a little too far into the weird, then I'm willing to go with where my imagination goes, I guess. But optic was one where they did them in classics and I'm like, I dig this for some reason. And then like in my own head, can I'm like, he's my sniper. Cause he's got the big eye and he, yeah, give him a little rifle and he sits on the top of snake mountain waiting for people to come by and starts taking pot shots at him. Yeah. I just I like love it. it. I don't know why. It's just the, the big eye as your head just gets me for some reason. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. I don't think besides the four pack of He-Man, I don't think they've done any new adventures and origins. Have they? Correct me if I'm wrong, Skelly. Uh, no, they haven't. That's the only one. Yeah, so I, I'd actually, now that you mentioned, I'm actually kind of curious to see. Because, I mean, classics made, made me love a lot of the characters more than I already did. So it'd be kind of cool to take them back to the origins and mm -hmm. get them in that vintage toy proportions. And oh, it would be, be amazing. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd be fun. Oh. Uh, and of course, for me, I, I got to go with with my boy uh, Malaktha. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that, for sure. <laughs> you know, it's still a travesty. He was never released in classics. You know, and this is again same with like con exclusive Mattel yes. Creations window. Like, how do you release Coldar and not release Malaktha at yeah. this point? So, all right, Masterverse. So um, there's two. I, Sean already said a new adventures one. I was gonna say Butthead for new adventures. Okay, okay. Arnold and Masterverse, like, um, but really my answer for Masterverse is Batros. Uh, okay. Uh, I I and I don't I don't want to see a repeat of the classics Batros. One of my favorite figures. Um, right. Um, but I do I want to see uh, like a new Eternia version of Batros. What what would they do? What how could they push that figure into um a little bit more interesting territory? I love that episode uh, where Batros appears stealing the books and stuff like that's amazing. I've always liked that character. I love it. I love it. That's a great pick. I'd love to see what they did with him. Yeah. All right. So um I I'm gonna go with a filmation character, and it's not Shakoti. Um, I <laughs> I would like to see them do the Fire People. Yes, I really like like that was a missed opportunity in classic, in my opinion. They yep. were, they were already having how many translucent figures. Yeah, and that, to me, would have been an easy one, especially. I mean, granted, the end of the line was the the uh, Club Grayskull line, unfortunately. And maybe they could have gone that route at, at con, some point. Con exclusive. King Helios, yeah. 
with the dog and the yeah. bird from the yeah. episode. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and even me being who I am about filmation, if they would say that's something, I feel like I got to get that because they yeah. were so, they were such a striking mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. visual on that episode that even as a kid, I would have loved those. I love it. I love it. That's that makes me wish that there was like rock people too. Um, Absolutely. I was thinking yeah. that too. They, they were my, for me. they were my <laughs> runner up for yeah. I can't believe they haven't made it yet. So, because mm -hmm. I crazy. still think, like, anyway, who got to a vintage toy to me is not a deep cut. Like, even Rotar and Twistoid, like, they had <laughs> vintage toys, so they're not yeah. deep cut anymore. That's just how my <laughs> mind works. Um, and Sean probably thinks he was snaking me with the fire people, but actually, I did not go there. Um, <laughs> I did go mm -hmm. filmation, though. Um, like, the other it it's because again i feel this is a classics miss and i really want her and that is hunger the harpy for uh, uh, yeah. shira so yes. and it, you know again take That's her into new eternia give her some add-on armor and stuff yes. so you can take it off you can have the classic look or you can like weaponize her up absolutely yeah. big ass wings articulated yeah. like let's go that's a good one that's a good one all right, Mattel, you're listening, right? Uh, Mattel, they listen to every episode. We have to send them an advanced copy, and so they have to sign off on everything. So we might have to re-record this if they don't approve of, of our decisions. That's so. all right. I will, I will be available. <laughs> yeah, because you know, because you know, we're we're paid for by Mattel and Kevin. Smith, so yes, we that's have right. we have actually been accused of that. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Would happen. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been accused of being on the payroll. Uh -huh. Wow. If only. Yeah. I know. That's what we said. That's literally what we said. Yeah. We could be a paid-for <laughs> podcast. We're paid. Yeah. I'll, wear, I'll wear the Mattel hat every episode. 100%. <laughs> Do the Wayne's World, you know? <laughs> Try two of these. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. I want to say I don't know if I said this at the beginning. I meant to say it at the beginning, but I you I got I I just got uh, real excited as we jumped into our conversation about bullying. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we always get excited by bullying. Yes, never what somebody would say. The views of Skelly Vader really do not represent the views of Legends of Graceful <laughs> Podcast, Mattel, or its subsidiaries. <laughs> I do want to say thanks for having me on here, guys, because uh, you know this is. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan, as you know, of this of what you do on this show, and um, I'm just really I feel really lucky to to have been asked, That's even though I kind of bullied you into having me. <laughs> um, no, but you, uh, yeah, we've been on the list. We've still got that episode with you and and Chris yeah. that we need to get off the ground. It just mm -hmm. kind of got we haven't forgotten about it. Just it got we got really close up to 100 there. That's um, okay. That's I mean, kind of overtook everything, so we're getting back to business here. Of course. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ask you about that. So we and, and we did get sidetracked because that's where I was going with the conversation too. So, do you recall what was your first Legends of Grey School episode one? Do you remember or I don't actually. I was yeah. thinking about that today. I was like, what was the first one? This is what I did. I I came on. Maybe it was. I don't know what episode it was. What yeah. I did was I, I started 
with one episode, and I don't remember which episode it was. Um, and then I backtracked and started from one and worked my way through, or started from early, I don't know if it was one, maybe, I think it must have been one. And then I worked my way up through. So I don't remember which one it was I started on. That's an excellent question, though. Um, you know what I'm going to do eventually when I have a lot of time is go back and listen to everything from the beginning, <laughs> figure out which one that was. Uh, that's, because that's I would a- probably, it would probably, I was listening to Roast Google Dinner. Yeah. And um, and I was like, this can't be it. This is how it happened. I, this is what I can tell you. This can't be it. So I so I did a search, and right. that's how I found you guys. Um, nice. And um, yeah, how many years has it been now that you guys have been doing this? Uh, we're in, we're into our fourth year. Yeah, we celebrated so, our third year anniversary back in January. Oddly right. enough, Rose Google had its last episode like just either just before or just after we started it was like a weird that's interesting they went on on hiatus and just never came back and sadly Mm -hmm. because i still had them in my podcast app on under my favorites and i know a few that's probably a few months ago now i went to like oh i'll just throw on one of these old ones Uh, and unfortunately, the the links are all dead now. There's that's too bad. Those are good. Yeah, Those they're, they're good. not being hosted anymore. So, I I was list. I do remember now. I was listening to older episodes of that show. So, and I think mm-hmm. it was like right before the pandemic. So right. uh, that's a that makes sense to me. Yeah, we started our first episode was January 9th of twenty twenty. Okay. And then everything shut down, you know, three months, <laughs> that makes three months sense. there. Maybe it was episode one. Maybe it was just like fortuitous. I'm like, yeah. Well, uh, looking for something um, when we're all going crazy. And that's probably how it happened. Now, do you, do you have a favorite episode or a favorite moment of Legends that stands out to you? All of them. Um, all of them. Yeah. yeah I'm, so, I'm sorry about not giving you a specific <laughs> answer, but I, I, I swear to you. The, the the that every single episode is always enjoyable um and i i do want to recommend people to go back and listen to those earlier episodes with this with the wonky mic problems and stuff nobody should listen to that ever no you should <laughs> it, it, it gives you, because it wasn't about quality it was about <laughs> about right i mean it was about getting getting on and talking about this stuff yeah. that's important to us and I got immediately, just so you know, immediately when I started listening to you guys, it, I got that energy from you right from the get-go that it didn't matter, you know, that you just want to get, you want to talk about this stuff and that you're figuring it out and you're, you're yep. getting better. Each episode got better and each episode got better. And so um, every episode is good. When I hear a new episode from you guys, there's never a disappointing moment for, for me. I never like. I never disagree with you guys. That's another thing too. Maybe I'm just biased, right? You, you I, should disagree with us. I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> we also just say this about me. I I have a hard time. I have a hard time uh, not seeing different perspectives on the same level. So it's something. It's a gift, but also it makes you know. I have a hard time making decisions sometimes. So. Um, but uh, I always enjoy all, every episode. I've always enjoyed what you guys had to say. 
Um, so my, my, my answer to that is don't stop because my favorite episode is probably coming. It's still coming. Here we go. Yeah, that was, and we said it, you know, we spent months before that first episode messing with stuff. And then finally we did just say, like, we just need to get this out here. Yeah. Like we just need to go yeah. and, you know, we can plan and plan and plan all we want, but we just gotta do it. And yeah, I, I've learned a lot about a lot of things Yeah, on the technical side here. Um, yeah, I mean, you go back and you can do the same thing on my channel. You go back to my first video. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know how to talk like myself. I'm like really self-conscious and and I'm not putting myself on the camera either because I don't want to, you know, I'm nervous about what that, how that might be, you know, and, um, and, and the, my editing, my editing uh, chops have gotten substantially better and, so that's but so despite quality and um and all that still when i got to finally meet you matt at yeah i felt like i'm meeting oh, this group that i've been listening to the last one in anaheim right yeah and the last one that was solely masters of the universe yep. Yep. Um, we shut down yeah <laughs> we shut it down i just felt like it was uh, like i was like it was a special thing um yeah. you know and um and you guys you know you carried me through the pandemic i mean that's that's awesome like what else can a person ask for um, yeah, we were trying like, to carry each other through that that was yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um so yeah Good time. all the love yeah we appreciate all of your support i try to be i try to listen to every episode and and I, so I mostly I mostly listen on the podcast as opposed to watching the lives yep. on YouTube, um, but uh, I uh, I'm there every time one pops up. Appreciate it. All right, Sean, why don't we mix it up a little bit? You threw out a post earlier. I did. There were two of them. Oh, no. I did the second one. So shows how well, I was paying. The second, like I said, the second one did not work as well as I was hoping. So we'll just, we'll start with the first one and then we'll go to the second one because that's numerically how it works. So <laughs> I like numerics. Post on the geekdom comments and questions post. The first one, Paul Herman, uh, comic binge uh, yes. on YouTube. Thank you, Paul. Uh, how about an update on the Motu film production if there is one <laughs> and or... And or what direction would you want them to go, considering the different interpretations, different universes? Oh, that always comes up, right? It and always does, but always it's, uh, it's not. Happening. Get, it's There's different. nothing coming. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. We'll see so, it maybe in ten years. IMDb, IMDb is like Wikipedia in a way, and it can be updated by its users. Correct. Correct. Yeah. That's my understanding. Yes. Um, IMDB says right now it's in post-production because it was yeah. supposed to have been, it was supposed to film between like April and July of this year. And let me just throw this out there. I'm talking, I'm going to do another Mattel, uh, IP. So <laughs> Barbie, right. Yeah. Uh, Barbie was filming and I didn't see 
anything. Anything come any photos like like Greta Gerwig must have really fought to have a lot of this stuff not visible to the public. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Barbie, but it looks friggin' amazing. Um, but the the set design alone is spectacular. This is a huge thing. It looks amazing. I didn't see anything. Never, never any like. I don't know about you guys, but no, I never saw any shots of people in costume. No location, sneaky shots, um, and not even a lot of people talking about it. Just seeing that it was on on IMDb, and it's like, okay. And then suddenly we get all the promotional information for it. So part of me being the, op the eternal problematic optimist that I am is thinking that these guys, the Knee Brothers or Lee Brothers, Knee Brothers? Knee, knee yeah. Knee Brothers are um, working that perhaps this is something that's that they're just not sharing, that Mattel might have some sort of thing in place where they they don't they're, they don't want to advertise what's going on behind the scenes that they filmed it all on a soundstage somewhere and no one was allowed it to come in and 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 skelly 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 they they don't even have a cast <laughs> that we've seen that we've seen no no say and again i can't speak to barbie too much but even i knew the cast yeah who was in it yeah right. me too. you're right you're absolutely right on that. masters literally does not have a cast <laughs> they do not have a script they do not have a script writer they have oh. two directors and then the what's his name i can't even name now but the the netflix star that was supposed to play he-man but then was fired from playing he-man but now he is playing he-man but maybe he's not playing he-man that's all they fucking got yeah like there is nothing going now. Maybe they're planning behind the scenes, uh -huh. but yeah, no, it is. Well, I think dead in the water, just like it was in two thousand three, just like it was in two thousand seven, just like it was in two thousand nine, just like it was in two thousand twelve, just like it was in two thousand sixteen, just like it was in two thousand eighteen, just like it was in twenty twenty. So, well, here's here's my response to that as the eternal optimist. I hope it happens, and I hope the Barbie movie helps it happen. That's probably the best bet. The Barbie movie is going to be successful. Um, I, I already have a feeling the people involved with making that movie, I'm a fan of Greta Gerwig's movies. And she's amazing, she's brilliant, and Noah Baumbach is great too. Um, hit and miss with him a little bit, but Greta Gerwig's like all of her movies are great. So it's going to be a great movie. And I'm hoping that that it will uh, that the uh, the that someone will get the idea that they can do something of quality for Masters, just like because yeah. Masters can't really be and and. I don't think that Masters can really be made into a movie that's not conscious of itself, which is why I think Barbie is going to be successful. It knows what it's, you know, it's approaching Barbie as a concept um, and knows what Barbie represents. I think that Masters has to know what, what know, the, know its own thing, know the barbarism, 
know that it that know the know the filmation know the 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 uh the pre the 87 movie know all of that in going into this and not just try and make a avengers movie or something and as i always tell sean they have to embrace the campiness and they have to treat it seriously and that's that that sounds like it's an oxymoron but it's not you know because if you're take you just got to embrace the fact that we live in a world where there's a dude named fisto and you, you just can. treat it seriously. Because yeah. if you try and make it into a joke, everyone's just going to roll their eyes. And you, you, can't, yeah, you can't. Uh, you got to. Yeah, the spiker has to be a serious character, right? right. The uh, way you, that the way the characters interact with each other, the way they talk to each other, yeah. just they they have to be in universe. They can't be turning and going, "What's up, Fisto?" Wink, wink. <laughs> you know that's like no. Then we're just in a mockery of. So. Alternatively, alternatively, I would absolutely love a Masters of the Universe movie where it's the toys, like, like almost like, like small soldiers. No, not not that bad. Small <laughs> <That's a good laughs> well, soldiers is fine. Uh, <laughs> toy Story, not like small soldiers. More like these are real things that um are stuck in a situation and they lego have movie huh more like lego movie maybe kind of like lego movie exactly yeah like i think that that would really work and it would make us happy it would do all the things um it just it. wouldn't be like you know it's either that to me it's either like it has to be self-aware as a toy as a property for toys for children of the 80s it has to be self-aware or like lego movie or it has to be like straight up deep like game of thrones heaviness serious like drama see i i never and never make fun like fisto is fisto but it's like you know but these are very real characters um, yeah, but see, I, I think I, I I want I want just a little bit lighter than that for me. But yes, definitely going more down that road. But I don't need it going full Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones like that's that's too deep for what this is. You know what I mean? Like it's still yeah. got to be. I want that, but scaled back to like a PG family friendly mm. action adventure. Yeah. You know, something more in the Indiana Jones type. You know, oh, yeah. let's yeah. just let's have some fun with it. You know, let's have a fun adventure. Not everything has to be doom and gloom, end of the universe, end of everything, like they've been doing so much lately. What you're saying is kind of why I wish that they would make a more a more of a Lego movie version. Yeah. Of, because Lego movie, like Sean's, Sean threw Lego movie out there, and it's smart. It's good. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I love them both, honestly. Like this yeah. is to throw out all these different throw out uh you know, well it'd be mega constructs because it's Mattel, but a mega constructs He-Man movie and I mean, throw out an actual He-Man movie and you know I mean, wouldn't you want to see all of the different versions of He-Man show up together in, in a movie in toy form? I would absolutely love to see that. Depends um, on who's, who's writing it. Well, it has to have <laughs> If it's Tim Seeley, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. I, I want, oh, no. I'm multiverse with him writing it. 
but you know, I've heard Sean, Sean, I'm going to bring you in here because I've heard Sean say this before. I also really want to see like a Conan the Barbarian version of, of this, this story. I want to see the mini comics on, on the big screen. I want to see that too. So, um, the answer the who was the person that asked the question? Paul Herman. He runs the Comic Binge podcast. Oh, Paul, I don't know if it's going to happen. Like there are too many good ideas, and not none of them seem real, right? None of them seem yeah. like they could like an like who would go see that Lego movie that's Masters of the Universe, and who would go see that? Who would go see a a a, a, a campy or a slightly campy Masters of the Universe movie? Well, it's just it's. I mean, campiness is just a part of it. Like yeah. you can't have masters without camp. I'm not talking like making Adam West style masters of the universe. God no. Like don't don't dial no. it up. No. <laughs> you gotta you gotta accept that yeah. this universe has some camp in it. it, it yes. You know, it just it's it's a it's a part of it. Honestly, <laughs> I know people are gonna throw stuff at me, but we just need a Transformers. I'm talking original Michael Bay Transformers. I know that's, you know, a lot of fans hate that, but look at everything it's done for the IP. Just how many animated series you got. You got the preschool series. You got all these toys. Freaking, you go down the aisles, there's like five different Transformers toy lines right now. Yeah. And that's all owed to that Michael Bay Transformers. Which kind of the same thing. It didn't take itself too seriously, you know. It just did the basics, you know, and it just took you into this world. And it helped launch, you know. You hit on it a little bit ago. You got to get butts and seats. That's the point yeah. of having a movie. Get people to buy tickets. And so those movies did so much for the franchise as a whole. Whether you like the movies or not, you can't deny that it launched Transformers back up in the stratosphere of toys and comics and everything else. Yeah. So that's, you know, just make a decent master's movie that looks fun, action adventure to get butts in seats. And that way we can then go, well, that did really good. Let's do a sequel to that. Hey, let's do something for the kids. There's your Lego movie right there. You know, Hey, for the longtime fans, let's throw out a comic series set in the the mini the first five mini comic world you know that's where all that stuff comes from if whatever they throw out first is successful so that's why you can't go too far in yeah. any direction on the first one i think i think the i don't know who the knee brothers are i never i haven't seen any of their movies but in order for this to work it's got to be like a james gunn or a guillermo del toro um, it, I don't see how I, I, they've got to be serious about who they choose to write and direct this thing. And it's got to be someone that has experience in telling heroes stories. And the first, the, to the Hellboys, the Hellboy one and Hellboy two that Guillermo del Toro made yeah. could easily be a masters of the universe movie. Um, not the, not the storyline, but the, the look of it. You know, and I thought it was successful, even though it's Ron Perlman in a freaking costume, <laughs> you know, and uh, and a uh, and a uh, and Doug Jones in a you know merman costume. Uh, it it mm-hmm. could work, 
you know, if if you get the right person behind it, and and that would be a, um, it would have comedic elements, but it would also be serious, and it would do the things. Sean, how about you? What are you uh, doing? Real have quick here, the Knee Brothers, their famous films are The Last Romantic, Band of Robbers, and The Lost City. And uh, Kyle Allen is the, who's supposedly maybe, maybe not playing He-Man. Mm -hmm. um, Sean, what do you want to see out of this movie? Um, well, what, what do I want to see? I, oh, that's a loaded question because the, the first thing I always go to is more, I wouldn't mind it being like Lord of the Rings in that way. You know, like I, every time I think of the movie, I think that intro to the first Lord of the Rings movie is what I really would love to see where here is the forging of the power sword. Yeah. And why was the power sword forged? And you get to have some background and history. You see King Grayskull wielding it against the snake man, or you see him wielding it against the horde if they try to invade or whatever. And, and having that, like it, I always pictured you do that, you start the movie there and you, you have the whole build up to, and then the sword was lost and da, 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 you know, and all this other stuff like Grayskull fell in battle and then the sword was lost. And then you'd have like the logo masters of the universe come up or whatever. And then the next thing you see is Duncan standing in this field, teaching Adam and Tila about the history and the relevance of this field, because that's where Grayskull made his final stand. And, and Adam looking like, do I got to learn all that? You know, it's that whole thing, the, the irresponsible teenager and all that. I That's how I always pictured it. It would be along the lines of that where it gives you the basics, have this kid who has no interest whatsoever in the history behind it, but then he has to wield it because he's going to protect his planet and save the people he loves and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, like, for me personally, uh, I I don't know. Like, I'm almost at the point, like animation has now proven it is beyond viable to do and do it well. Spider-Verse is like such a, a a perfect case in point of how a master's movie could actually be done animation wise and work effectively mm -hmm. because that's one where I went into that movie and I had no interest in the first movie. I just, oh, it's an animated Spider-Man. It's it's like, it's not it's not Peter, it's Miles. Why are they even doing this? I, I didn't really grasp the concept. And then I sat down in the theater for that one. And I just sat there with my jaw on the floor through probably 95% of that movie once it started. So it's like Lord and Miller, who are producers on that, they they have that fine line. There's a campy humor in there. I mean, Peter B. Parker is the one that brings a lot of that to the table. And so does Spider-Ham. So does Spider-Man Nor and all that. So in some ways, I feel that would probably be the most effective because then you don't have to deal with, well, that guy doesn't look like He-Man. And that guy, is he's not working out enough to be He-Man. And all. It, yep. you know, like That's one of the worst parts about it being live action is you have the initial people just having that knee jerk. Well, He-Man's supposed to be huge. Kyle Allen might be my size. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm only like, you know, five, nine. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy cause I eat too much, but still, <laughs> you know, it's that whole thing of like, 
it, it, we have these preconceptions of these characters over 40 years now. Mm-hmm. And to have people cast in these roles, some of them, it's it's going to be really hard to find a person to fill a role that is your your already existing idea of that character in some cases. Um, so I, I am kind of going, well, if they could animate it and have the animation be stunning yep. and take the animation and base it on the iterations in the mini comics, maybe like those, uh, the Alcala really influenced Alcala and, and bring in the Rudy Obrero look of it. I probably would be sitting there going, I'm in love because this is how I've always wanted to see masters done. And we never got to see it that way as kids. That's what what I wanted in Revelation. Yeah. Yeah, And, and they, they, they went there a little bit. They gave you those hints, but then it's still more anime looking. Yeah. And, and that was their, that's their house style. I, I didn't mind that as much, but I feel like, Spider-Verse and even the new Ninja Turtles movie, the way they're doing the animation makes me go, I could be hopeful they could actually do some Rudy Obrero animation and really have it looking like those paintings come to life and you're watching the paintings tell the story finally. Oh, that would be amazing if, if it would happen. The one thing I did look up though real quick and this came out in the, the beginning of the month, July 3rd, and I hate I don't like this website, but this website does at least have an update. And this is one of the very few updates that I've seen in, a, in months. The title of the article is... What is the is, website? WeGotThisCovered.com. Oh, yeah. I am not a fan of them because they are knee-jerk reactionists usually, yeah. but they're referencing a New York... Where was it? It's a, I think it's a New York Times article or oh, yeah. a New Yorker article in it. Uh, I just saw this earlier this week. So uh, the headline is, it's as big as Marvel and DC. A reboot stuck in development hell since 2007 overestimates its importance. And so the whole point of the article is talking about how long this has been in production hell and the fact that um, the Mattel boss is still claiming that the... um, the, re- the the live action reboot has the potential to rival both Marvel and DC, which I I think DC might be an easy win until James <laughs> Gunn gets it off the ground. Yeah. No 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 lie there. But the way it, they made it out, it's like if you look at this character, that's a movie. If you look at this, that's a TV show. And it's like, well, you didn't get anything off the ground yet. Why are you looking to possibility of franchises for other things when you need to start somewhere and I, I got to admit, I kind of, a, I, I, I'm going to agree with the douche on this one. Like Transformers did what it needed to do. And there's still moments in that movie that are ass awful. The whole, oh, you know, sure. hearing Optimus Prime go, come down, come down. It's like, oh my God, you know, or, <laughs> you pay and all that. Are you but, it's Pe- but it's Peter Gorn. Like, you know. But, but the, the thing is, yeah. though, like, I, I will give it credit where credit's due. There's really cool moments in that movie. Like, Scorponox in the desert hunting the military is actually a really cool and dramatic and tension-filled action piece. The 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 battle at the end in the city. And then, like, I, I to this day, I still love that where, like, all the Autobots converge in there and like you're looking at those cars and as a kid, you know, like when that was out, I was in my 20s, but it, the, the kid inside me was just like, 
those are Transformers. This is awesome. And then, and then like when Prime transforms and it's like Megatron, I'm like, oh man, it's going to happen. You know, and, <laughs> like, those were the moments where I'm just like, okay, this movie is stupid at points, but you're at least delivering these robots and you're making me care when these showdowns happen. And that's what it does need to be. I hope they don't go as stupid as that humor. Because I don't need to see Man-at-Arms peeing on Orko, for instance, or something right. stupid like that. Orko but, would pee on Man-at-Arms. I mean, he gets mad at him and all of a sudden, ah! <laughs> Oh, my God. But, but it's like, you know, I didn't need Bumblebee to be peeing on people either, but I got that in that movie for some god-awful reason. But it is something where at least they managed, they managed to infuse the fun that I hope to see out of a live-action movie. And I, I hope I hope Mattel can do it, but and we'll see. They, there are currently seven Transformers movies. Like, yeah. how many how many franchises get seven movies? Like the Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are yeah. unique in that they I don't in and I'm not an expert because I don't collect Transformers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but. Um, I've never seen a lull. No, they don't go away. They but they fail, but they don't go away. They exactly. just do something else. So that's know? that's where we want to be with masters. Exactly. We don't ever want to have we don't ever want to have another period of time where there's nothing. Um, and and in retrospect, it wasn't a long period of time that there was nothing. But you know, you know, right now is the perfect time to come out with. And I'm with you both on this, but I think Sean should write it. I think it should be mm -hmm. like, a, like a, it should be a, a, a film in the vein of Transformers, even though I don't like that movie. But it should have that kind of energy. Yeah. Um, and it's got to it be accessible for everybody. It's got to be accessible for everyone. And and even though I don't like Michael Bay, he knows how to like he knows how to grab everybody's attention. Yep. Um. So just just please don't cast Megan Cox as Evil Lynn. Um, no, she had to be Sorceress. Megan Fox is a Sorceress. Uh, Megan Fox. Did I say Megan Cox? Uh, that's, that's a different movie. No, uh, <laughs> we went NC-17. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't me that got us there. <laughs> oh, no. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, um, but like Sean, you got to write it because you—the way you wrote those first two scenes with the forging of the sword, while while Matt got up for a second there, and he and Man at Arms talking to Adam and Tila on the on the hill at the in the opening shot and talking about—you got to write that because I don't think an Adam Knee or his brother uh, is going to write this movie uh, um, like. A fan would, or like someone who has who is steeped in the education of it, would, and um, then you get some heavy hitter like um, uh, Guillermo del Toro or or James Gunn's too busy, but someone someone who has that ability to tell a good story. Because honestly, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, those three movies are great mm -hmm. because James Gunn knows what it's like to make crappy movies on a really small budget. And he also he also spends time with the lore. Mm -hmm. And 
develops the characters and that's what masters needs um yeah so it's gotta be it's gotta have a script written by sean scavarna and it's <laughs> gotta be uh, it's gotta be directed by <laughs> guillermo del toro and i won't settle for anything less the there was a podcast recently where he where james gunn was on and part of the thing that appeals to him is the world building like that's why when they when they let him do dc and they asked him if he wanted to be the guy fronting dc now in the movies he he's getting a kick out of the fact that metropolis is not new york gotham is not anywhere you find on the map so you can build these places up into things that feel as real on the screen as his guardians movies and when he said that i'm like you're selling me on this so much more than yeah. christopher nolan filming in chicago yeah, oh. that kind of stuff and grounding it in real world. It's like these characters don't need to be that. And I agree completely. Like he would have been one of my absolute, like if I did a top two of yeah. the directors, he would have been the first one because one he gets the zaniness on top of that. He gets yeah. that. Uh, so he can push both, but then you can also have these incredibly powerful emotional moments like yeah. at the end of Guardians 2 and even the whole Guardians 3 and all that, you know? and Guardians 3. The, yeah. the, you're right. And I, I think that uh, that uh, it just has to happen. Yeah. All right. all right. So, Paul, I hope you like that answer. So, <laughs> um, so Jesse reached out, and I'll just say this real quick. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? And that was yeah. that. On Eternia, Etheria, or Earth? <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do Eternia. And maybe oh. Fisto's there in the woods with him because he's like that woodsman. So he's the one that's able there to check it. There aren't woodchucks native to Eternia, so zero. There you go. Okay. <laughs> JP Casto, uh, any new details on the Revolution series? And I, I personally have not heard much recently. Um, there was those. Check out Yuka's channel. He had a bunch of stuff. I mean, nothing groundbreaking, but just uh, he had that interview with uh, Ted Biaselli. Yeah, oh, a while it, back. Yeah, and it just just kind of talking about you know the voice. The they've recorded all the dialogue. It's animating now. You know. Probably looking at a good six months to a year. Um, nothing groundbreaking story wise or anything. Um, go ahead, Sean. You might be about to say what I, I forgot about what I'm saying. I, I did hear that uh, Kevin Smith and yep. Chris Wood, M Melissa Benoist, and uh, I think I think Mark Hamill, no, and they said a special uh, guest or something. Well, whoever. I'm just saying they're no. they're gonna have some of the cast for, for the I show. Care. We need, to, we need to get the right information. No, we don't. We don't. Yes, we, we do. The stuff as we go. It's we're fun. not toy frenzy, damn it. Oh well. <laughs> uh, that's wrong. That's anyway, right. I know it's gonna be Kevin Smith, Chris Wood, it, and yes. uh, Melissa Benoist will be there. And then they said that there will be a special guest or a surprise guest as well. So people were... uh, Kevin Smith hosts a roundtable discussion about He-Man and Skeletor's most epic battle yet with the creators and cast of Revolution featuring Chris Wood, Melissa Benoist, Griffin Newman, and nah. Tiffany Smith. Okay. Come for the exclusive 
scenes stay for a Goliath appearance by a special cast member. So this is actually something that I want to throw out to you guys. I'm glad you reminded me of it because I'd forgotten. Who do we think the special cast member is going to be? Dolph Lundgren. That'd be cool. I think that that's the secret. We know Shatner's in it. I think we that's. Know. I think. See, so. I was thinking it was going to be Shatner because we still don't know who Shatner's playing. We don't. I hope he's Zodak. I hope to God he's Zodak. Is want to be? Yeah. <laughs> Shatner's not going to be Hordak, right? They said no to that. I think someone said. I think maybe they, did, they have not said one way or another. I think. Uh, I think honestly, there's a surprise. I, we've got Meg Foster. We've got Shatner. We know yeah. they're going to be in it. I think it's going to be another announcement. In fact, you know, they always do this. They're like, they do one announcement, Shatner. They do one other announcement, Foster. And it's like, we, I think this is going to be, and it's, it, I, I was racking my brain. It's got to be Dolph. And he's got to be playing somebody, um, uh, uh, somebody, um, they, yeah, why, my, my thing is why they put the word Goliath there. Yeah, yeah, like, that is a weird word yeah, to use yeah. there. Exactly. But I can't figure out. Well, so what I'm going to throw out there is Procrustus. Dolph Lundgren is going to play Procrustus. I think that's. I think that's a very good, very good uh, guess. I'm. I would be willing to bet one whole dollar on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it will. I think that's it, actually, Matt. I don't know. That's the best I could come up with. And let maybe Titus or Megator, but for some reason, my mind went Procrustus. I think a lot. Be, and that's what I meant by it's got to be. If Dolph's going to be in it, he's got to be somebody who um, is important to Eternia in some spectacular way. Um, and I and I don't think it. I. I honest, I think, yeah, I, it'll probably be Shatner just because that's, you know, um, that's, that's easy, easier, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a surprise person. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was Elf Lundgren. What do you think, Sean? I, I, I mean, it, I feel like it's going to be a named actor because otherwise they wouldn't be pumping it up, but it would be a hell of a surprise for all of us if they said John Irwin was now part of it since uh, they did have Alan Oppenheimer being yeah, lost. Would be, last one. Be but I don't know who I'd want to see him be if they did that. Because you know, Even if they got him, for him to show up in person. To yeah, no, Comic-Con, I get that. Is... That would be mind-melting. That's, that's why I don't think it'll be him. He I wouldn't even him. show up like I mean, PowerCon was after him for years, and yeah. he wouldn't yeah. even do a, a video or anything. Like he is a apparently a very private person. Yeah, um, so, but it'd be amazing. Like, phenomenal. I mean, the, like the only other, I mean, I, it could be Dolph. I, I could buy that. I mean, we already know Shatner's in it. The only other person I can think of would be if they got Frank Langella to show up and do something. Oh, shoot! That's, that's that makes. Dang it! That might be it. That might be it. And I, I don't know. Like, 
My, I still want Shatner to be Zodak because his voice for Zodak would make me laugh my ass off. I just, I, I love it. I Dude. love it too much. So if they did have Langella, and I know he's gotten into some problems recently with the whole, he he ended up getting canceled because of some behavior on a set recently. So I don't know if that's even a viable option. But if they did, his voice would be really cool for Hordak. If I Shatner should. was playing him. I didn't know about Langella getting canceled. That Neither did I. That's, that's completely. That sucks. He, I, if I remember, he was doing a, a, a sh they were doing an adaptation of the Fall of the House of Usher, uh -huh. and apparently some of he was he was either he was telling jokes on the set that were very like you shouldn't be saying those kind of jokes, and some of his behavior behind the scenes and or no 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 sorry. There was an intimacy coach thing. Oh no! Where he in the moment did more than the intimacy intimacy coach said to do and the actress he was with was not feeling comfortable in the situation and they had to let him go because it just wasn't working so i don't know if that would be something where he could do yeah. a voice for this now um probably not fortunately that happened and all that stuff but at the same time his connection is i mean he he is one of the best reasons to watch the 87 movie whether or not whatever happened happened yeah. later on in his career so you yeah. know if they if they perfect world if they did get john Irwin, all i need him to do is the opening narration <laughs> this is that prince of eternia like that's, that's all. <laughs> like just you know they they had um the man arms voice actor do it for the for yeah. revelation like if yeah, revolution yeah, but if Revolution started with John Irwin's voice, like this is Adam, Prince of Eternia, and the blah 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 blah, like defender of the secrets of Castle yeah, Grace. That's, that's all. That's all I need. I don't even need. Folks. I don't even need John to play anybody. <laughs> Just have him do the opening narration, and uh, I I'd be good with that. Yeah, that, I, me too. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, well, that is right, that's that you, update. Uh, J Mac wrote in. Wow. That, uh, that will be one for the ages, having you guys combine your powers. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I hope and then, uh, your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Jacob Hicks, uh, any thoughts on posting the theme song as its own video so I can add it to my YouTube playlist? That is to the oh, new that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can actually do that really easily because it's there. It's just private. So, yeah, I can I can flip a switch. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad they're enjoying it. Is that all you got? That well, that's for that post, and then the second post. I'm ready with that. If you want me to do it now, uh, what did you do for a second post? Second post was in honor of our guest tonight. Let's talk villains. Who are some of your favorite masters villains, and why do you love them so much? Okay. And we had 45 people look at it, and one person respond, and the person that responded had to be. Curtis. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, thanks, Curtis. Thanks for chiming in. We appreciate it. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> so I think this is probably a good point to uh, rip off Skelly, right? Like, so we talked about it. We're going to do a special Legends of Grayskull weekly weirdo here. 
Um, I probably should have grabbed mine. So Skelly, why don't you start it off and I'll go grab mine. What am I, what am I doing? <laughs> who, who are, well, I, I already know who two of them are, but oh, it, like villains. your, your top favorites villain wise, since I know the villains are the ones that appeal to you more uh, aesthetically and stuff and why. Ah, so, um, well, do I do the usual, Sean? You've heard me say this like thousands of times at this stage. But Beastman and Skeletor, um, two? If you want to do two, you want to do three, we can do top three even. Go for it. Just top so, three. Top four. All right. Top <laughs> four. And then we'll say five. Uh, top four. Um, so... Right off the bat, I got to say, um, I've always, especially in my adult years, thought that Evil Lynn was the most badass villain of all. Uh, she knows what's going on. She knows what's she knows what's going on before Skeletor even knows what's going on. She's awesome. Rewatching the episodes, filmation, rewatching Mike Young Productions, uh, Revolution. I mean, Revelation. All that stuff. Evil Lynn's like spectacular um one of my favorites but as far as action figures go it's these four beast man um the colors the sculpt of the face skeletor the colors the sculpt of the face <laughs> Thor, the patchouli smell and the yeah. color and um and merman um because uh, he's just Merman. Merman's awesome. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers the question. No, that's that's fine. As Perfect. A weirdo, as a weekly weirdo, I would have to go into all, like my my history with the characters, and that will take forever. But um, uh, I, I wanted to start off with Evil Lynn because the action figures okay. Um, uh, the best action figure so far is probably the sorceress Evil Lynn from Revelation. Um, she's just like it, it, it like embraces her badassness. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, and then the vintage one, obviously. But uh, yeah, I guess that's five, right? Mm -hmm. That works. All right. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. Said he has problems making decisions. <laughs> well, I love that he, he kept bringing. He goes, he goes three, and then the, the figure goes up, and then I'm like, well, just go five. Why not? I forgot Clawful and Gore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you got one. Um. Uh, so, all right, right off the cuff, and I know I, I did this question a while ago, but it, off the cuff for me. Uh, I personally, as much as I didn't care about him when I was a kid, Scareglow's yeah. definitely yeah. one of those figures that I, uh, like the glow in the dark is essential to the character, which makes him really interesting. And visually he is kind of like, you know, headless horseman kind of spooky in the master's universe, especially in the classics version. I I dig that a lot for some reason, and uh, yeah, I mean the the ability to tell stories with him even uh, from from just that perspective, and using his power on on characters is really cool to me. So, um, 
Yeah, he'd be one. He'd be absolutely one of my top three in Masters right now. Yeah, absolutely, a good one. Uh, I wanted to throw this guy out. He obviously, like any of the OG villains, are definitely definitely tops for me. Um, but one that doesn't get a lot of love, and I I've loved him since I saw his episode. Uh, Evil Seed, the filmation version. Yeah. Uh, he just, he's such a simple design. The, you know, the asparagus head, the robes. <laughs> um, and then even with this figure, I love it. They made his feet into the vines because originally in the episode, there was supposed to be an end battle scene where he got rid of the robes and he was just like this mess of like vines and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they did that with his, with his legs. If you, if you look up there, um, it just, it's a perfect representation of the character. And as a kid, welcome back, Sean, as a kid, uh, you know, this episode really resonated. I mean, like I was freaked out. Like, you know, it, it starts all spooky with like the yeah. vines everywhere and everyone's just disappearing and, you know, He-Man Skelter. Like it's a, it's a iconic episode. And an iconic figure for an iconic villain to go along with. All right, so when he when he takes off his hood, right? Yeah, shows his dorky face. What was your what was your feeling as a as a kid? Oh, as a kid, I th- I thought he was a badass. Yeah. As a kid, like I was, oh shit, like you yeah. know, that's well, that's good. That's good. I I I mean, I guess nowadays I can kind of see what people say with the goofiness, but as a kid, like. He rips oh, that back, and you've got this like plant thing, like I ah, like. Whoa. Yeah. No, my mind, my mind was terrified. That's like, awesome. That's awesome. He was. I mean, he's a formidable villain. He took down the evil warriors and the and the heroic. Like he he had everybody up in his little tree there. Yeah. He's so, yeah, he he was legit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> all right. I guess we can hear what Curtis has to say. Yeah. Oh, all right. We'll go with what Curtis said. Hang on one second. <laughs> this is what I get for... Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> Motu-wise, my favorite villains are all of Skeletor's main henchmen. The yep. four you've shown here, so I had Trapjaw, Merman, Beastman, and Triclops. Uh, that were the first four that you saw in the post. And Evelyn. As a kid, I loved their bumbling nature as an adult. Uh, things like MYP and Icons of Evil flesh them out to be better characters, in my opinion. Yeah. It finally said something intelligent. Sorry, what was that, Matt? I said, Curtis (laughs) finally said something intelligent. (laughs) Well, and and what you're saying, uh, Skelly, it's like Trapjaw would, he'd he'd have to make my top five, if not top three. And then, because Matt pulled the evil seed on me, Yes. I probably would throw Shakoti in there in the top oh, three. Yeah. yeah. Because that episode to this day, I love that one. Uh, it, like that's one of the filmation ones where it's there it can do no wrong. I absolutely love that one. Because yeah. it feels it feels like the mini comics. It doesn't feel filmation. It, it really like going to that it, they find that dark pyramid and Stanley goes into it in the middle of the night and he's actually taken into it. So he's kidnapped yeah. on top of that. And the fact that, that that at that moment, you're really seeing He-Man turn into like, I got to get this kid back. And as even as a kid, I'm like, get him, He-Man. You know, I'm like cheering for him. And then he has to fight the freaking living darkness at the end. Yeah. I mean, 
uh, Larry Dettelia should just write every episode of that series, and I would th- I would never say a bad thing about it because he wrote <laughs> so many good ones that I loved. Mm. That yeah, it, it, he hits the spot in every way, shape, or form. God bless his heart. So yeah, absolutely, completely. And it had two parts. Exactly, and that's what really blew my mind. Like, you mean tomorrow we get to go back to this creepy stuff? <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, let's dive into some news since we are all out of order today. Oh, yeah. That's all right, because Kelly's here. Uh, that one. So, Mondo, Sean's favorite toys, dropped this teaser image. Uh, with the caption, you thought we'd revealed all our SDCC exclusives? Ha ha ha. Tune in July 11th through 13th for the full breakdown and calendar of in-person and online releases. Um, and very clearly here, we've got a Mondo-style Prince Adam. <laughs> what do we think, boys? Oh, man. John? I... <laughs> I'll say they finally made a Mondo that I'm not worried about. <laughs> this, this literally, like when I saw this, I go, my my uh, Klarna can finally take a rest because this one is not one I need on my shelf. It, yeah. Especially with that, like, I know that's the whole thing, but it's like, I, I'm so not a fan of any time something has to reference the goddamn Four Non Blondes yeah, video. That, that just needs to die. That's and this, so this to me is like, I hope this is the the death rattle of that because it is it is over it's done, and it is funny to see it on a mondo. But it, I want to see the whole thing just out of curiosity because I do like the details they've done on the vest at least. But I I do not see myself worrying about this in any way, shape, or form. It would have to have it would have to have different like a few different head sculpts. Yeah. that allowed for other Prince Adam characteristics. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but I, no, I mean, I, I mean, I, there's so many other characters to make. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand why, why we, why Prince Adam is important. Um, and why this will probably be a spectacular figure for those who love Prince Adam. Um, but, um, I, you know, I was just mentioning today in my weekly weirdo, I, you know, Spike Orr, for example, would be yeah. a phenomenal Mondo figure. Um, Evil Lynn, like to me, I don't understand why this is happening before Evil Lynn. But um, would you want Evil Lynn to be the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive? That's the other thing. It makes sense. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it makes sense that this would be the the con exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's it needs to happen. I mean, Mondo's making the figures. It needs to happen. But I, I I'm siding with Sean here because I um I don't have the urgency to start saving for this or or try and get it in some way. Um, I completely agree with both of you guys. It's just, it's, and uh, I'm sure it'll come with a regular head and all that. But like at the end of the day, like Mondos are so expensive. I don't, I don't need a Prince Adam. 
with my mondos. And even then, I don't know, there's something like what I'm seeing there isn't, isn't hidden for me. It's, there's a little bit too much going on, on his vest. Like, do you really need the collar and the trim and the shoulder pads and the clasps? Like it's (laughs) going, and I get that Mondo's thing is like, we take these designs and we're like, amp them up a bit, but this is like, you know, you went, you went a little too far from the simplistic vest to like, he's got every attachment possible on this vest. Like, well, what are we, it's it, to me, it's a, it's a little over-designed. And again, we can only see a little snippet of it, but like cut it back somewhere. And I'd also, as weird as it sounds, it looks like he actually has a white shirt on. Yeah. And that looks really weird to me. Well, that's it, it, it makes sense. It makes sense because it, it always has been a white shirt yeah. that he's wearing. But I guess you're just so used to seeing on the toy, like it painted on, that it looks weird to actually have that extra bit of fabric there. Like it just it it, it looks odd as an atom, not like you know, vacuum sealed to his chest, <laughs> basically. It's probably going to be an amazing figure, but just not, not for me. Um, and, you know, the novelty of Prince Adam laughing in the <laughs> cartoon and as a meme and all that stuff, like, the novelty for me wore off right after Super 7 made the laughing Prince Adam. You last longer than I did. And then I, I, I got a kick out of it for a while there. And then it I, I thought I almost wanted to get the, that Super 7 figure because it, it really looks it looks like Adam from the cartoon. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I have to see the other head sculpts yep. uh, and more information in order for me to say like confidently yay or nay but um i yeah i i just uh i probably wouldn't pick it up if i was going yeah for me like i I, i'm thinking about it and i'm like what would appeal to me if it would make it like what would could they do to make me want this figure because i don't and the only thing that i can think of is and this isn't going to happen the the only thing would be if they said you can also put on the blue tunic and mm. make him look like the original Prince Adam from the comic books before filmation started. But even in that vein, I don't see it working because you'd have to switch too many parts. He would, he'd have to have nor unless they did it all fabric with the legs and all that, which I think that'd be insane. Um, so you'd have to have skin colored uh, skin tone legs, different color boots, well, I, we I don't, think we that's don't know what his legs look like right now. I know, but uh, I for think all you know, they are from, skin tone already. I I think they're gonna go filmation, and that's it. And, and for me, like, uh, I don't know, like the original vintage he, uh, the the original vintage Prince Adam mm-hmm. was one of those weird figures that, for some reason, the fact he had soft goods on made him special to me as a kid. Yeah. But when I look at this, it's just. And, and again, you know, Mondo, love your products, love your customer service, not complaining at all about what you do. But this is definitely one of those where I'm like, I would have went like if they put, if they put out Ninja, 
I would have been like Ninjor, you know, like that's freaking cool. And it's, it's like Prince Adam. I'm like, all right, Prince Adam. So that's I'm, I hope the people that want to have them can get them. And I'm not going to worry about that one. I'll I'll see what comes up next. Hopefully, Tila or you know, Beast Man. Since yeah. we saw that one, uh, they're recently. both right around the corner. Yep, we've yeah. seen the art for Tila, and we've seen the production sample of Beast Man. So yeah. I think I know what would make this figure work for me. What you got? Um, tr a tree and a cringer. So a tree that he could like lean back on lean and back. nap against and on your shelf. And and uh, and a cringer that could lay next to him sleeping. Like that would that would make this I'd be like, that's rad. That's a scene that you can create now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they love including their little pals in there, you know, the she came with Cowl, that came with Imp. Uh well, so. it, ba Battle Cat is going to have the Cub Cringer. Yeah, so maybe, oh. so maybe Adam comes with an actual Cringer. It maybe, like. maybe Adam has a legit, maybe you know, not not quite like a twelve inch huge, long yeah. version right. of Cringer that comes with them. Smaller than Battle Cat, with the ability to do this, you know. <laughs> yeah, or at least put his head on his paws in the frame. Yeah. I mean, that would make this amazing because then you could create this, the napping Prince Adam, which is like my favorite version of Prince Adam. Um, and he's going to have a fishing rod, I bet. Fishing rod and a tree, <laughs> a tree trunk. Uh, and he's going to have like a fish that he caught. It'll be a little accessory. There's a fish. Here's the fishing rod. Here's Cringer. And yeah. That would make it amazing, actually. <laughs> now I'm selling them off. That's right. if you did that, that would make this like a con exclusive that would be hard to resist for fans. Um, there you go, Mondo. I know Mondo listens. They they get yeah. to tell and they listen all the time. Together. All they, the time. They have team. They're, they're paying attention. I love it. Uh, in other news, uh, Dark Horse Comics has announced. A new comic miniseries, Masters of the Universe, Forge of Destiny. Uh, this will release September of 2023, will be the first issue of a four-issue miniseries. It is a prequel comic to the Masters of the Universe Revelation Netflix series. Uh, on the world of Eternia, a fragile balance exists between science and magic, a balance kept by the universe's mightiest hero, He-Man, man, man, man. <laughs> on a peaceful mission to the island nation of Anwat Gar, the royal Eternian caravan comes under attack by the minions of the evil Skeletor. And on the island itself, the nefarious evil Lin sets in motion a plan that could lead to all-out war. The four-issue miniseries is written by Tim Seeley with art by Eddie Nunez and will arrive on September 6th, 2023. Well, well, another prequel to Re Re Revelation. Um, yes, and I believe it wasn't here, but somewhere else someone, uh, someone associated with it described it as like a He-Man Year One type thing, which... Yeah, that would, that would be cool if that's what it is, but it doesn't. It almost doesn't sound like that from the description here. No, I think they were just trying to like say like, "Hey, this is well before everything that we've seen in this universe," right. um, which I know was one of Sean and I's complaints. Like, well, you never really get a good 
overall feel for the Revelation universe because it's not quite filmation, it's not quite mini comics, it's not quite anything. Right. Um, so maybe this will get us more of a story of like setting the basis for this universe, which is what we were hoping to get in the original prequel series, and we never got it. Um, I'm just going to call a spade a spade and say I have no faith in Tim Seeley at this point Mm. to actually finish a series in a satisfying manner. And that's probably my biggest hang-up right now. Uh, Artwork by Eddie Nunez, awesome. The covers all look excellent. I actually want to get probably all three of those. Skelly, that last one actually reminds me of your Skelly Vader custom character. (laughs) Like... I'm glad you're on for this episode because the minute I saw that third cover there, I thought of you. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like Skelevator. Chris Pelkey made this, uh, folks. You can find him on Facebook. Um, CP Creations. Uh, but yeah, that does look like a Skelevator. That's interesting. All right, I'll buy that issue. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I'm excited. You know, I'm always excited to see what stories unfold in masters of the universe comic books and i'll, I'll always explore it i un- yep. unfortunately not it doesn't always work out where i'm excited about finding out what happens or stuff like that and i kind of lose interest but um and that's happened with a few of the series but this one you know i'll try the first issue and see how it goes and you know, the local comic book shop knows me as the guy that comes in asking about Masters of the Universe comics, and that's it because I don't yep. really collect any other comic books. Um, so I'll probably he'll probably have a, a copy of it there waiting for me. But um, I'm just, you know, all I can say is I hope it's good uh, because it's the last one, the Masterverse one, wasn't that great. Um, you guys said it quite well in your review of those Masterverse comics, which is that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I'd rather see a whole series based on this one short storyline as opposed to having these other ones that aren't so successful. It's almost like, here's a bunch of graphs, folks, and good luck. Let me know which ones you like, but they're not asking us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Sean? Eddie Nunez on art really is killing me. I, I mean, I that's the thing that I want more than anything because I loved what he did. Um, I mean, yeah. he worked on Revelation. He, I think he's probably working on Revolution or he's a part of that. I'm sure. And yep. he did the he did the um, bookends on uh, the Masterverse title that just came out. I love his take on this stuff. He's he's probably one of my favorite when it comes to the style he brings to it. Of uh, that works for me as masters right now. Uh, Tim Seeley again is just making me go like I, how like who who is who's he blackmailing that he's the only guy <laughs> that can get to do this because he's done a few where I'm like okay that wasn't bad. But I've never read anything where I'm like, wow, that was a great master story. And uh, the other problem I have with this is I thought this was a prequel for Revolution before we started recording. And then when uh, now we're talking, oh, it's like He-Man Year One. It's it's even to Revel- Revelation prequel. That makes me just yeah. go like, 
So basically what we talked about on this show is true, that they really needed to establish what this world was. And now they're going back and trying to do it. And that just makes me feel like, well, that, then you shouldn't have told the story that you told the first time. Should have established the universe within that story first without having to do this kind of stuff. Because prequels to things I've already just seen, I'm already like, well, then I know how it worked out because I just watched that series. So whatever happens here is pretty much a given. It yeah. works out. I would, <laughs> like yeah, like I would. the Forge of Destiny. Well, I'm getting it. I'm getting kind of like. My guess is Adam gets the sword. I mean, no, it, 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 I'm not trying to be like sarcastic and snarky, but yeah. I, it's hard for me not to when this feels just like they're doing something because revolution is going to hit and they don't want to do a prequel for that. But now they're doing a prequel for something we already saw. And that prequel probably won't matter. Just like the other prequel didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's like, you're killing me here, guys. Like I've given money to all of these because I, I'm on a podcast that we want to talk about it. And then when I'm on the podcast talking about it, you can just see the joint dra draining from my face as we get further into it. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, except we have to do a new episode. Oh my <laughs> God. You know? Yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, the, the prequel problem. Yep. Yeah. Prequels. Does it take to, you know, screw in a light bulb? Uh, honestly, like that's that's a it's a real problem. It's almost like we we've learned now to use this as a way to fix issues that we identified after making a movie or after making a, a show or whatever. But I would be more I would be more excited about this if it was what Sean said, which is a prequel to Revolution. Like what happens? What happened between? revelation and revolution that's makes more sense to me and that's more interesting to me than explaining you know how he-man got his sword again if that's what this is really about um i mean i like that cover with the skeletor on there but but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I i'm i'm with you sean and and actually on off world last night was that last night it feels like it was ages ago Oh, on Friday. Uh, yeah. Two nights ago. Yeah. Friday night. Um, you know, you were talking, you were, you know, saying some insightful things about the problem with Star Wars. And um, when you see those problems occurring in an IP that another IP that you're attached to, that I'm attached to, I'm seeing that here. Um, you know, if you're going to give us something, give us something of substance. And George Lucas tried to do that with the prequels but had a lot of problems um with, with i feel like there were a lot of problems with those we've already talked about it but um i i don't think that leaning on a pre another prequel is going to fix revelation what's going to fix revelation is revolution mm -hmm. and um that's what we're all hedging our bets on <laughs> that revolution will fix it not necessarily a story that that may be flaccid at the you know the, of, of how he-man got his sword um that was a that was not a, a double entendre <laughs> <laughs> i like you went there the, the, yeah the, the thing too like uh, just real quick the, the other thing about like revolution for instance that's five episodes and that's it and it, it's like you know 
Uh, well, that that's what it's been advertised as. I don't know if there's maybe something else going on or not. Yeah. And that's the most I know. But the fact that we just came out of, what was it, 10 episodes for Revolu- Revelation? And then to have Revolution be five for right now, whatever happens a- afterwards happens, you'd almost think that they'd want to maybe have four issues of something leading into that. So maybe if they can't tell all that story there, there's a little something left for the fans who want to read a book and and get a little bit more deeper into what that story was about. Because yeah. I doubt those episodes are going to be an hour. You know, like that. So it's like, how much stuff are you going to cram into five, maybe 30 to 40 minute episodes? Uh, you know, that's not a lot of time, depending what the story scope is that you want to tell. I just think they just need to stop these mini series and either do do an ongoing series that's just not necessarily tied to anything, or just forget about it. Like I, if the prequels, the prequels, the prequels, that's you're just writing yourself into corners. You know, mm-hmm. we saw they couldn't even like you've all said we said in the reviews they couldn't get the last prequel series to even line up with what they animated and put out for the tune you know Mm -hmm. that there's plot holes galore and now you're going to do another prequel like just stop it just you've tested the waters obviously masters comic sells because you keep doing this mini series just do an ongoing do its own thing he-man versus skeletor you know some great adventures and just do it like well that's how you sell comic books you you have issue one it leads into issue two, it leads into issue three, and we want to get to issue 47 and 225. That's what I want. They don't want mm-hmm. it anymore. They want to go one through four, one through four, one through four, one through it, four. Like It guys- cheapens the brand. It, it, yeah. it, it really cheapens the brand, in my opinion. If you don't have the faith in doing something long-term, even if you can only do 24 issues, Mm-hmm. That's still two years worth of a comic that we don't have instead of doing four issues a year that are like stunts at this yeah. point. They literally are like, like I said it before, it's like the, the He-Man Thundercats was an island. Then you have Super uh, uh, He-Man and Injustice. So you jump to the next island. Then you jump to the Revelation mm-hmm. Island. And, and it's like all of these things are not interconnecting in a way. And on top of that, the other thing for me is they're leaning so hard on the Revelation universe. What if that's not my preferred version? What if I'd rather see a traditional version of these characters? I'm not getting that. I haven't had the mini comic version in 40 years, you know, except for the one issue in the the, uh, multiverse (laughs) book. But, but like, you know, it's like for somebody like me, I'm like, you could go to the land that I like and I'd buy that and I'll buy two of them just to show you I love it that much, you know, but um, doing this kind of stuff, that's another thing that's just driving me up, uh, up the wall. It's like, you're, you're putting your bets on the thing that I still don't really have the owning to. And yeah, it's the new thing, but it doesn't mean that's what I want to see either. When you work with this brand, it's non-committal and it's problematic. Yeah. We, we have a fear of, of commitment in our relationship to masters of the universe. That's a perfect way of describing it. it yeah. We're always scared it's going to go away, and these miniseries are just proof of that. Like they just so yeah, start with issue one, give us a new story, 
that continues on. He-Man versus Skeletor. Yep. We've seen it before. It works. It worked in filmation. How many episodes are in season or in in He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? And it's like 130. 130. Actually, asking or not, but 130. (laughs) An incredible number. I mean, why why wouldn't an ongoing comic book series work? And don't make it filmation. Don't make it multiverse. Don't make it make it. Don't make it revolution or revolution. make Make it. Just make it make the characters the characters we know and give us some interesting stories absolutely um they can be simple stories they don't have to be complicated and rely on these tropes that we're so reliant on now in storytelling it's one of the biggest problems with movies these days is that nobody's telling a simple story um Somebody who's been listening to his legends of gray school podcast (laughs) (laughs) and um, but you know, it's pro- probably because you're, you're like speaking through my brain sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's an opportunity. Why would they pass up an opportunity? Why would they pass up on a great opportunity? Just like, um, the movie, for instance, not to go back to that, but you know, why would they pass up on that opportunity to make something? Um, good and take it back to something to simple storytelling. Um, so one of the things that I discovered this week and I, I was really happy to discover it is for some, like I'll admit, I am one of those fans where it would be cool to see, here's the beginning of this story. So here's the moment when Adam gets the sword, for instance, and I know Matt's probably going like, Oh, for the love of God, but I'm just, (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm listening. I'm listening. There, there is that part of me because 2000X did it and they made it their own in that way that it makes me go, well, I wouldn't mind having something along those lines of that if they did a new series somehow, if they did a comic series, for instance. And I I realized this week there there's a show I've been binging the hell out of, Superman and Lois. Yep. On uh, It's on the Max app, CW. Brilliant show. Love it. It's it's like one of my favorite case, it takes on Superman in ages. And there is an episode. They Like the first episode gives you like the hints of the origin. The, the stuff you already know, they gloss over it enough to go, hey, I'm from here and da-da-da and this. And, and literally like a minute later you're in the episode and that's you're off and running, right? And I was thinking about it just now and I'm like, if they did a comic series where it was like Matt's talking about, just started off with an adventure. But then during the adventure, something happens to He-Man where all of a sudden he's having to remember those key moments of his life in order to save his life in that moment or whatever. And it's maybe he's having one of those moments where it's like he's 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 weakened or it's too much. Like even he's even the most powerful man in the universe can break at some point, you know, kind of a thing. And you just see those critical moments of what led to him into that moment and you see Adam by being who he is gets the sword because she sees he's got the inner strength and he's got the ability to care for others and, and it's like all this stuff feeding him he's into it again reigniting reigniting the power of Skull that is within and I, I'm like even yeah. if I did that that would be enough for me to go you sold me because I get to see this version's origin 
but I didn't have to go through it in the beginning like all the other stuff does. We can have that adventure story, but we get those little snippets to go, oh, that's so cool. I'm getting to see that for the first time. And all that, that could you know? be like issue number four or five. Absolutely. Or it's it could like be a, issue 12. It could be, a, you know, like I could see that happening in a like a Prince Adam No More type of scenario. Absolutely. And then you get the flashback and all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just, I mean, not to, I'm not downplaying what you just said by saying this. I'm complimenting you. That's basic storytelling. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a tool that, that people use in order to keep you involved and, and make you interested and mm -hmm. make the next scene something you're anticipating, um, mm -hmm. surprising you with a, with a, mo with a flashback moment. It, you know, mm -hmm. when it's unexpected, you thought, oh, I'm never going to get an origin story. Oh, it's happening right now. I wasn't ready for this, but this is great. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And you can do that with all the characters, especially mm -hmm. if you have an ongoing comic book series. Um, well, the episode in, in Superman and Lois that did it was episode 10 of the yeah. first season. Yeah. And I was watching this episode the other day, grinning from ear to ear, going, they didn't give this to me in the beginning, but they're still doing it. That just... Yeah. You know, I loved it. I, I and I would still be happy if they did that in Masters. It doesn't have to start right there at the sword. You know, it could go, it could go in a whole different direction, but still reference it later. That'd be great. Masters wouldn't really work. I was just thinking, would Masters work as a show? And not really, because wouldn't it would have to have an extraordinary budget, an ongoing extraordinary budget? Yeah. Unless you kept it simple and just character driven, like Mandalorian or something, and. Um, uh, it could work. I could see that working too. But first, you got to have uh, you've got to have. They have the, the Mattel needs to prove it to themselves that they have um, uh, that the storytelling will carry this IP as opposed to toy selling, and that's the problem. They, they, everything has to be everything is temporary because I think they're too dependent on on the the toy. Yep. the way toys are sold for this and so, we're adults now mattel we can handle an ongoing story trust me we're ready for it um that brings up a whole other thing like why hasn't that i'm not a video game fan but why hasn't there been a, like a, a you know, <laughs> yeah you know, we to talk about this it's like why isn't there a video game um yeah. but it's the same question is why isn't there an ongoing comic book series you know mm -hmm. That just the things you need nowadays. Keep yeah. it simple. Get a video game out there. Get a movie. Get a you know you gotta have all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they like you said, they're just they're too old fashioned. Think if they don't sell out of every figure immediately, that you know it's dead in the water. So, yeah. which they do seem to be getting better. Hopefully, like we'll see. We'll see what happens with the movie. I mean, that's that's what it all hinges on. You need that going back you need that to push it to the masses you need it to push it to the next generation you know yeah. you just you need that exposure yeah. um so to wrap up this epic episode speaking of movies speaking of keeping it simple i threw i threw a challenge out to sean and skelly earlier um hopefully they thought about it a little bit <laughs> so, you know, we've had a lot of movies. 
starring our favorite characters, the Muppets. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island, Muppet Christmas Carol. I mean, it goes on and on. Some of my, some of my favorite renditions of stories are with the Muppets playing the characters. So I threw out the, the knowing both Sean and Skelly are big Muppet fans. Mm-hmm. How do you cast your Masters of the Universe movie starring the Muppets? Muppets of the Universe! <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's such an obvious thing. It works yeah. so well. Muppets of the Universe. I mean, it I'm surprised be, they haven't done it. It would be amazing. It would be phenomenal. So let, let's start with the base. I mean, we got to start with the heavy hitters. He-Man... Skeletor, who who out of the Muppets are you, He-Man, and your Skeletor? Skelly. Uh, well, Kermit has to be He-Man. Um, I think that's. And, I think that's uh, pretty much just. And I I know that that the, the Henson Company, they have a whenever they're when they're on when they're on, their the humor is great. So Kermit as a muscled out He-Man is going to be friggin' hilarious. Um, and I know that, that they would get on board with creating something that funny. So yep. He-Man has to be Kermit. Um, doesn't have to be. I mean, could be fun. I think so. Sean might disagree. Sean looks like he might disagree. Mm. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's hear mm. it. So, uh, Sean, who's your He-Man? I want him to be the head pig from Pigs in Space. Oh, Link Heartthrob. Link Herc, yeah, because he, he's got that, the, he's got the chin, He's got that machismo thing going on. And if this is going to be Masters of the Universe, but with the Muppets, you know they're going to make that into he'll be more like a himbo when he's He-Man. And Kermit, like, I actually like the idea. Here's a crazy idea. I like the idea that Kermit is Prince Adam. But then when he lifts the power sword, he becomes becomes the pig. And that makes, makes Tila Miss Piggy. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know, now we're the same species and all that, you know. Oh, so, that's hilarious. But but deep down, just like in in Masters and just like Captain America, it, I I almost like the idea that you could hear Kermit's voice, he <laughs> man. But you have uh you have the pig guy being the out, outer version of he man. Okay. That's that. hilarious. That's great because <laughs> that would make me laugh my butt off if I saw that for the first time. <laughs> I can see the transformation being really funny. Yeah. And he's like, what? What happened? To you? <laughs> yeah. then she's like, Kirby! And she like tackles him. Yeah. It's, oh my God, I get to see hilarity ensuing every time he has to turn into E-Man for that one. That's fantastic. That's that's the out of left field and I love it. Yeah. Uh, now he did throw out there Miss Piggy as Tila. Are we on board with that? Yeah, I'm I think we're all on that, yeah. She's got the karate, man. She she can she can definitely be Tila. Yeah. She would be sure. a good evil Lynn, too. True, but Lynn. Why do you keep doing I don't I don't do anything. It just keeps doing it on me, apparently. <laughs> um if I had to go evil Lynn, I'd actually pick Janice just because like yeah. put her into a main role. She doesn't get that as often as others. She's from the the, the band, right? Yeah, yeah, she's from the electric okay, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Sorry, I can get behind that. Uh, I also, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, go ahead. I, I thought I I thought that um, Gonzo would be great as Skeletor. That's um, where my mind went to was mm-hmm. Gonzo because that of the, the colors. 
And uh, and I never got it, but um, several several years ago, the family and I went to Disneyland, and they had Gonzo as Darth Vader action figures. And I'm so pissed that I never got one. But that mm -hmm. just goes to show that Gonzo just fits for some yeah. reason as a as a villain. But then I also had a hilarious thought in thinking about that, which which means that that if Evil Lynn and Skele and Skeletor are actually in a relationship together, off and on relationship. <laughs> Then that would mean that Evil Lynn would have to be the chicken, Camilla. In love with Camilla that yeah. was in love with, which I think is a really, really I funny think, image. I think I like that better. I think yeah. I like the chicken better. <laughs> and she doesn't. She doesn't really. She keeps doing her bar, 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 bar. <laughs> So it's like you don't know what she's doing, but then all of a sudden there's a spell that happens, and you're like, "Holy <laughs> crap! This chicken's on fire!" Exactly. Hilarious. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's that's perfect. I, I think my casting's gonna be a little odd because like I like man at arms, I know Fozzie would be the go-to, but I'd actually want to do either Sam the Eagle because he's oh. got that you know I could see Sam the Eagle because he's got that like stature about him. It's the Eternian way and all that stuff. Well that'd be That'd be your King Randor, right? Sam the I Eagle. I guess it could be King Randor. I mean, it makes sense because even they have the 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 Falcon <laughs> or the Eagle crest on the armor. So why not just go there? The other option for Man at Arms, in my opinion, though, could be Bunsen, because Bunsen is an inventor. He's always creating all that crazy stuff, and then that he makes Beaker possibly Orko. Yes, that's brilliant. The that's other person I thought of is Orko, visually that I like. And this one, I, I need to do a sketch of this sometime because it, it will amuse the hell out of me, is Zoot. Because he's already got the hat. Yes. It, it, it looks like Orko's hat, kind of. And it's like I'm just picturing him with a with a scarf on and his nose is sticking out. And he's got his sunglasses on. I could just buy that. It just works for me. But I, if I do the oh, okay. and his man at arms, then Beaker would be Orko. 100%. That's much better than my choices for that. Yeah. No, I was thinking Fozzie just because, like, you yeah. know. I was but, yeah, I, th I think you're right, Bunsen and Beaker. That's yeah. a much better plan. And I and I was struggling with Orko, so I attached Robin to Orko, like the mm -hmm. little Um But in thinking about it now, if we're talking about Muppets in general, then mm -hmm. Elmo would be a great, a great Orko. Um, so if we can incorporate Sesame Street Muppets, then that changes a lot. Oh, my God. Yeah. Elmo. Orko's here to see the day. <laughs> Tickle me, Orko. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a lawsuit and a half waiting to happen. Oh. All right, so we need some villains here. So what? Uh, we need Beastman? Animal. And, yeah, Animal okay. or Sweetums? I chose Sweetums for Grizzlor. Um yeah, if you're gonna yeah, if you're gonna go if you're gonna go I, I more eventually, that. yeah, it's save sweetums. Yep. Cause the other I, I was actually if you didn't go animal for beast man, Fozzie would be my other option because I'm throwing my stuff all over the place in this. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, I can see that. Or maybe maybe even Rolf, Rolf, like, you know. Rolf's too laid back. I, I, I like the idea that, that Fozzie Beast Man 
would probably be like very kind and be like, so do you want to help me out? And then all the animals run away from, hey, you guys, you know, or whatever. <laughs> that kind of a moment when he's he's like, if Skeletor wants him to attack Grayskull, he's trying to get the Shadow Beast and they just go, mm, and they walk away and he's like, come on. <laughs> I love the idea of the Shadow Beast being like the, 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 uh, the background big monster characters from that always hanging out with Sweetums. The blue uh, one. The blue the, one. I, I never can remember his name. I can't either. It's something. But he's like, the blue one with like the big like platypus yeah. nose that comes out. So I, I can almost see him as like it, all of it. You keep cloning him and he's all the shadow beasts. Yes, or whatever. No, <laughs> cool. All right. I can dig yeah. it. I can dig it. What about, then, uh, what about Trap Jaw? Trap jaw, Jeebus. Oh. That's tough. Uh, um, that's a oh, tough one. So, damn it. Um, I I can't think of who trap jaw should be. I, like, he's a hard one to cast. But that I I just thought of one thing that throws everything out the window again. Gonzo should be Ram Man because he always shoots himself out of cannons. I pictured um, Rolf, or, Rolf as Ram Man because he's so laid back. That makes sense. All right, yeah. we'll stick with that because otherwise the whole thing gets, falls apart. So let's just keep that. That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think Rolf has Ram Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You want me to break something? <laughs> All Ram right. <laughs> Rather than being stuck on trap jaw, because I'm really stumped on trap jaw. Um, what you got? Uh, I've got uh, instead of um, instead of Sam the Eagle as Randor, I was thinking about the Swedish Chef. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> oh my god. Um, Statler and Waldorf is too bad. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Originally, I it was between them and Bunsen and Beaker, but then you took Bunsen and Beaker yeah. for Man Arms and Orco, so that definitely, yeah, Statler uh, and Waldorf. Freaking Swedish Chef is Randor is breaking my mind. I love it. And it, like, um, yeah, and then the two of them is too bad. Just like, oh my God, that would be Sean, you, you, I'm giving, I, I don't, I wouldn't ever do this. I'm giving you an assignment. Oh. <laughs> you have to draw Statler and Waldorf as too bad. You have oh, to. Yeah. You're the only one I know that can do it. Um, so could you? Could you please? The best. Yeah. The best part about it will be I. I would want to do it where they have some of the too bad armor, but then they also have like the suspender socks instead well, of like for masters, and they're like. Their shoes, their wingtip shoes, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I pictured the, I pictured the too bad armor. The, the, yeah. the, the suits like stuffed into the too bad armor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so there's two that are really challenging: Merman and Trapjaw. Yeah. Um, I originally said Rizzo the Rat as Merman just because I. I was struggling with trying to figure out who that could be. Ooh. I almost wonder if you just go like a scooter, just because like he was like the backstage guy and like oh, the tech guy, like you know what I mean? Yeah, so for a trap jaw. 
Well, if if we did, because you were saying Elmo for Orco at one point. Yeah. Honestly, if we could if we could grab a couple Sesame Street guys, Grover is too bad. Or, or uh, Trapjaw, sorry. Grover is Trapjaw. Grover Absolutely. is Trapjaw. Okay. Super Grover is Trapjaw. Super Grover is Trapjaw, <laughs> but the other way around. <laughs> Trapjaw <laughs> Grover? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then Cookie Monster could be Merman. <laughs> that's crazy and then and then battle cat would be snuffleupagus oh totally <laughs> oh yes <laughs> oh no oh, oh although we are mixing so is, bi is big bird is big bird the sorceress the big big bird's the sorcerer <laughs> yes absolutely complete set <laughs> also, I want, to change, I want to change Merman to Oscar the Grouch. Uh, yeah, yeah. It works better. But yes, Big Bird is the sorceress for sure. Oh, my um, God. I love it. Tell, <laughs> where are you? We got this for you. <laughs> this is awesome, Matt. This is, such, this is so much fun. Thanks for coming up with this. Now, is there... Is there because, you know, a lot, a lot of the Muppet movies, though, they'll have like one or two human characters in there so is there anybody we want to we want to hold in like if you have to throw a human in there who do you make the human i would bring back the kids from the 87 movie and make them relive that hell through the muppets it's <laughs> <laughs> like courtney cox and, yeah. and uh what's it uh duncan whatever i can't remember his whole name but when uh, just bring them in they use the cosmic key they get back to eternia but everybody's <laughs> now and they're like what the hell happened here yeah <laughs> oh my god if it, that's the other thing too if uh and i i don't i don't need it personally but now i'm, I'm like okay if we had to do the 87 movie lubbock was still there so you can either have Lubbock still there. Lubbock. And Lubbock, Lubbock is still played Lubbock. by James Tolkien. You can still yeah. do that. Yep. Or if you had to recast him as a Muppet, I'm trying to think, but I can't nope, find nope. anybody. That, nope. There's your human right there. Lubbock. Yeah. Lubbock, everybody else is, Lubbock the Muppet. Everybody in the Lubbock is still Tolkien. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> if, if time isn't an issue, yeah. then young Steve Martin as Crackers. <laughs> 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 he, I will tell you, he just has to get that in there. It's just crackers. Would it be Steve Martin though, or would it be Chevy Chase? No, it would be Steve Martin. Chevy Chase has kind of the the the, the scumball the, reputation. He's, 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 he's got a little bit of the sleaze that crackers need. So what I'm thinking of is the sarcastic waiter that Steve Martin played uh, in the Muppet movie, mm -hmm. um, and the sarcastic. Snarky hates his job waiter. Um, and uh, I just picture that as crackers, but Chevy Chase, too. yeah, Chevy Chase is somebody. Uh, I mean, I can appreciate his earlier stuff, but I think he'd be an easier target for people who hate that character already to go, Oh, it's Chevy Chase. Yeah, I that. guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's a, he's a tough one. I love a lot of his work, but apparently, as a person. <gasps> just awful. Oh, here's another one. Here we yeah. go. Bill Murray is Granamere. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just really chill, like, Bill Murray. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so, oh. Okay. You need me to do a spell? All right. Whatever. All right. 
guess. Can you bring me a tree? No. <laughs> that's, that, that's the All bedroom. Right. Nothing ever happened in there. What a crap. <laughs> <laughs> Be good. No, I, 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 I really just, just the idea of Kermit as Prince Adam and by the power of Grayskull, and all of a sudden there he is talking like that. Ah, the pig, it just kills me. That's a movie right there, guys. Muppet, <laughs> Muppets of the Universe. Muppets Put it right up the, there, right up there with Muppet Treasure Island, Put, Muppet Christmas Carol. Muppets of the <laughs> Universe. <laughs> <laughs> And the last scene, emerging from the shadows, Uncle Deadly as Hordak. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and if you want to go with the new Muppets movie that came out like 10 years ago now with Jason Siegel and all that, have him show up at the very end. He's like, wait till they get a load of me. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. That's <laughs> what they did in that movie. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. <laughs> I love good it. One. Thank you, Matt. That's no, good. thank you guys. You guys, <laughs> I could not have pulled a lot of those deep Muppet cuts out like you guys did. So I really appreciate it. It was a good time. Uh, All right, Sean, you know what you got to do. You got to draw that. You gotta draw that. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I actually want to draw uh, a, a, a Skeletor Gonzo too. Yeah, a Link Heartthrob. Uh, Link Heartthrob. I think you just, dude, just in like the '87 movie poster style, like you know, Kermit and yep. Gonzo, yep. and then like, you know, oh, that would be so good. Like Miss Piggy and Camilla, and like that, and like the <laughs> and minor do the cast at the, the very end. Bill Murray is Grandamere. It's yep. like just let that go and see how many people lose their minds. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, please, please. I love it. I need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, stay tuned. Maybe, maybe we'll have some merch to offer up here. That's right. There you go. That could there be you fun. Go. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's an episode and more. Uh, Skelly, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, I'm on uh, YouTube as Skelevator, and um, yeah, you can find me there. And if you, and then I'm also on Instagram. And um, under Skelevator, Skelly underscore Vader on Instagram. And um, you can also listen to me and my friend Mark talk about um, our obsessions as children and as adults on the Cambridge and with Sean podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, very, very good podcast. I enjoy listening to it. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, Sean wrote a really nice review. Um, and, uh, and uh, let's see. Oh, you know what's interesting? We were talking about this. I was talking about this with Mark. And you're, you're, you're proof, Sean. Um, we were a little worried that it was too Central California located. But you're, you, you, it, it works for you, right? You're like, you're, you feel like you can get on. You can understand where we're coming from as opposed to just being uh, Central Valley centric. The, the thing about the podcast is I, I love that it feels like I'm sitting there talking to you guys in like a coffee shop and a lot of your experiences and the things that you guys love are things I love. So there's that bonding there. Yeah. And then it, hearing about the locations adds color to the story, but cool. it never makes me feel excluded because I have my own stories. It's like, Oh, that's like my place back home that I did this yeah. or whatever. And 
the the really cool part is even though I'm a part of podcasts even it is one of those things where you're telling these stories and these stories are things that matter because they shaped who you are and one day those things aren't even going to be there so mm-hmm. it is you're getting to chronicle these things that make you who you are and that's like there's this primal thing about your show that I love for that reason and every time it pops up in my podcast feed i'm like yep gotta listen to that one first no way around it so cool well that's that's good to hear thank you and i didn't yeah. turn into a commercial for cambridge and with sean but, <laughs> um, and then we also on thursday nights on the skelevator channel sean is often a guest uh, co-host um on that show toy frenzy um um on the skelevator channel so yeah that's uh that's the stuff i love it sean say your goodbyes Goodbye. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank everybody for tuning in. If you could do us a favor, just click all those buttons down there below. Like, share, subscribe. If you're on an audio platform, leave us a review. Stars, horseshoes, clovers, blue moons, whatever they got down there. <laughs> click them, please. We appreciate it. Uh, still on YouTube. We're like 20 dudes away from 1,000 subscribers. Like, Help us out. Help a brother out. Yeah. Um, so thank you all for joining us. And until next time, bug Sean to make that movie poster. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, Oh!